this chalice was rumored to bestow eternal life upon anyone that drank from it. It's part of motion picture history. In the same way, props bring eternal life to movies. They're immortal. Unlike stars themselves, props never die. We're going to go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And I hope you enjoyed our conversation last week about Creep Show season three, episode one, Mums and Queen Bee. All right. So we're as we stated before, I guess I should reset the stage here a little bit. This is a podcast in which we talk about the Twilight Zone. Um, we watched the original series recently, uh, all the way through, uh, episode by episode. We're gonna get to um the eighties stuff here next year, as in January. Like that sounds like it's a long way away. It's really not. But right now, we're going to take a slight detour and get into Creepshow, the, the Shudder uh, exclusive series that's running for six episodes. Season three is now streaming. Like, go check it out. Uh, Shudder's a great app. We've talked about that previously. So if you're here for the Twilight Zone, there's a lot behind us. There's a lot coming forward. Right now, we're into Creepshow because it's October and we're getting some spooky stuff. That's where we're at with this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've listened up to this point, uh, I hope you had a lot of fun with all the past conversations on the Twilight Zone. And uh, you know that we get a little weird and we listen to and well, I'm sorry, watch a lot of different other stuff. So this is going to be on that kind of avenue. And uh, I can't wait to get more into Twilight Zone in the future. The You know, the revivals and that. I mean, yeah, but this is I, this is time. We, we needed a minute. I think we needed a minute to breathe. Right. And be like, what else is out there? We love it. This is this is a Twilight Zone podcast. However, it is an anthology podcast yeah right? and so at, at its root yeah that's where it is right because we think anthologies are important uh because it's always good to kind of get like that like you know um you're in you're out like that's a cool little story like you know and and creep show has shown that's capable of doing that um we had you know we had some mixed feelings about like last episode we're gonna have some mixed feelings about this episode spoilers but we're in it for the long haul <laughs> six episodes which is i don't know that's not long but hey you know uh, based upon this one, it could be a long ride. We'll just say that. I, I'm tipping my hand. Yeah, yeah fair enough. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, you know, I it's, I, I love Creepshow. I, I you know, this is something I've been looking forward to. I'm really excited in the fact that uh, Paul recommended this. Um, you know, when it comes to anthology, this is really what piqued my interest as a kid. You know, the original movie came out in '85, and ever since, I've just been you know, a slave to it. You know, I just love the, the format. Yes. I love anthology based storylines and that. And, uh, you know, if you've listened up to this point, you'll know that we've been, you know, covering a lot of different movies, a lot of different shows that are based on that type of type of storylines. And we're going to get more into that too. And, um, you know, like, I don't know, Paul, 
what what's your relationship to creep show do you have yeah do, my relationship to creep show is I, like so i think i've maybe talked about this in the show previously if i have forgive me because i'm i am prone to repeating myself because just in case there's any new listeners <laughs> too, yeah, yeah yeah no it's just like five four touchdowns in one game that's how <laughs> that's where i'm at no um no it's more like so like growing up like uh my mom has an affinity for horror films so we would go to the 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 grocery store which had um vhs for rent or the the local mom and pops and she would rent things based upon the cover art so we would watch a lot of weird and questionable things because she's like that looks good it's like i don't even know what that means anymore it's like that looks like a good one it's like it's monster dog is it is it good i don't know you know um <laughs> is it zoltan the hound dracula i don't know is it good um so so we'd watch a lot of weird things creep show was definitely there because she is a stephen king fan and um she was she's an avid reader and growing up she kept all the books that she had read because she thought um, that my older brother would be the reader in the family. And, and that like that's a gamble that did not pay off. I was the reader. So I read a lot of Stephen King. And I was always like digging through her books. And and if you go through my stuff right now, I still have a lot of her old paperbacks amongst my things. Right. So I just devoured this. So Creepshow is right within like my wheelhouse of all of this. So when it comes to your exposure to Creepshow... Did you read Stephen King prior to ever seeing uh, the original film, The Creep Show? I don't, that's hard to say. I'm not sure because I was reading Stephen King when I was in middle school, um, but I'm a little older than you. And I think, um, I, you know, I don't remember when I first started reading other than I did. You know what I mean? Like I, I was looking around at like the Unabridged Stand when I was in like seventh grade, like, you know, and like it, and I was reading all, I was like digging in. So you know, I was like, what, uh, 13, 14 at that point. Um, so I'm not sure what my first King book was, um, but I probably saw Creepshow before that. Um, and then I, I might even read Cycle of the Werewolf at one point early because that Great was story. That, cause that was a, that was a small book to get through. There was like, <laughs> there's pictures of it sometimes, you know, whatever. So, uh, yeah, like my connection with Creepshow, uh, that and then also like the second the second film with the raft story is the one that really bothers me. Just, I don't know what it is about the raft that, and in the first movie, there's the lonesome death of Jordy Verrill. That still bothers me just because as a kid, I think I've talked about, we talked about this during the incredible shrinking man, like body horror really bothers me. So like, yeah, Stephen King is imprinted in my mind. And it's like, you know, I still, I still get like creeped out thinking about creep show. So the idea that shutter has a series kind of in, in the vein of, and paying homage to, which we've talked about previously, that it is paying, you know, its own tribute and homage to the EC comics of like, you know, uh, Tales from the Crypt, Vault of Horror, and um, oh, what was the other one? I don't know. Uh, Garden of Terror. I don't know what it's called. Um, you know, <laughs> Super Superstore of Suspense. I don't know what the third one was called. <laughs> um yeah, like there, there's something here. Like it's, it, it's, it's a nice warm blanket to come back to because it's like your first love in a lot of ways. Um, and this is also a gateway to the Twilight Zone because it's like this is stuff you grew up with. And I don't, and I, again, you grew up in a different household than I did, where you were exposed to a lot of black and white uh, TV shows and everything. So you didn't think twice about it. Not that I'm saying that you shouldn't, because you really shouldn't. You know we also were children of the eighties and nineties where it's like, it's like constant barrage of media color, you know, TV, whatever. Um, so I may have initially dismissed anything that was past a certain point because there was that, that, um, black and white and color barrier in terms of like presentation. But this, if this is not a doorway into the twilight zone, I don't know what is, 
you know. Yeah, for sure. I and you know, it's like if it wasn't for the fact that the the Twilight Zone had its different revisions and that, I don't know if we would have ever seen this show come to fruition. That's fair. Like I don't think that they would have ever brought it back at any one point because I mean Anthology is a tough thing to digest, especially when you, I mean, we've talked about this in the past, you know, like, you know, for um, Rod Serling to get the, uh, the after, after series going, yeah, cause it was the, never going to happen. The, yeah, the, the major stations were not interested in Anthology because one, uh, you're asking for viewers to commit to a different story each week. Uh, in terms of production costs, that can vary because you don't have the same set of actors, the same sets. You know, it's way easier to do a three camera sitcom with a laugh track and write about like, oh, no, someone forgot to buy groceries again or whatever. You know, like, oh, I guess I cheated on my wife. I don't know what the stories are for those, those sitcoms. Uh, but, you know, like that in terms of a cost perspective. Yeah. And then also in terms of like storytelling, like people might get invested in kind of like, these are the characters I know. This is what I'm comfortable with. So a lot of the syndicated, um, like, like not necessarily creep show, which it's not syndicated because it's a streaming thing, which is the syndication doesn't really, I mean, it still happens, but you know, it's not the thing that we look towards. It's not the rules that they it's have to like live with. It's not like the dark side or yeah. monsters or whatever. Right. Like, so the things are different. Right. But, um, so in, anthology inherently is a hard sell, but I think in terms of being a horror fan and being a science fiction fan, it's more approachable because we're going to get that itch scratched. Right. So I think that's important to get into. Um, yeah. So, so that's kind of my relationship with it. Um, and I'm, I'm never going to, I'm never going to be not excited for an anthology, which I mean, I, I, the, the, I, my best example of this, not only is this still out there and then the Jordan Peele twilight zone, but it, I think the big thing for me was black mirror. Like it was its own thing. It came out swinging. It told different stories and it kind of it kind of refreshed people's expectation of what an anthology series can be. So the name Black Mirror gave you a vibe, you know, and it's like, oh, we know what we're going to get into. Yeah, Creep show does that too. Sorry, go, go yeah, ahead. for yeah. sure. And I'm sorry to cut you off, but I I completely agreeely uh, agreely agreely idly completely. Terry's turning into Ned Flanders right now, <laughs> making up words. It's it's the full sweater moon. Um, That's what's going like. <laughs> no, I it's I understand that concept completely because you know when somebody says black mirror they instantly yeah, get you, like you, you get emotions that like you can already see like oh my god like same this thing, episode like, this episode this episode and like, that's kind of the same thing with twilight zone right where yeah, it's like sure. oh my gosh like it's like they they have these things like i mentioned they're transported like, like not imprinted but like burned into your head like you know like um you looked at the sun too long or whatever it is right like it's and creep show can be that too it can be you know like um and i'm hoping that it will be and 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 uh, this is my admission Aside from the films, I am I'm almost all the way through season one, which each season's like six episodes. I'm not saying it's it's a hard like get, right? But Terry's caught up. We're watching season three. I I will get caught up because that all that means is I'm actually just seven episodes behind. So it doesn't like this yeah, it's is not 100, too bad. It's not 150 a big plus like Twilight Zone, right? So right. like I'll get there. It's not that I just it's not like I didn't like it. It's just we're living like um in terms of uh, you know, the 21st century, we're in this like dearth of content, right? And there's other anthology shows that you and I have not even considered covering because there's just so much other stuff coming out. It's like, it's a good time to like TV because TV is getting revisited in the sense of, and by TV, I guess I mean small screen versus like theater. Cause I, I guess there's a different streaming and theatrical, like there's still that weird wall between the two. Sometimes there's such a, a, a preference 
plethora, plethora, plethora yeah. of uh, it's, content right it's now. It's a cornucopia. It's a horn of plenty. Uh, just, yeah, but there's like, you know, there was um, that series on Hulu we talked about that was like, what was it? Um, we didn't even get into it, but it was like, what was it? Like monster, like. Lake Was Erie Monster, Monsters. Monster Land. Monster Land. That's yeah. I was say. Lake Erie Monsters. Oh, I don't friend, know. Of, friend of show. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sam. Know, Sam. Yeah, Sam Sinister. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He recommended. And that. we've not gotten to that yet because yeah, we're, we're, we're hacks and prods. We'll get into um, it. <laughs> um, we should mark it an episode for November. Yeah. Let's so just, yeah, if, we'll if anybody's that. watched that series and has a, a favorite, uh, he wasn't able to get back to us about his favorite of that series. But, but let's just get into it. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's just so much out there, and like, there's and there's so much still coming. Like I, I saw a story today that what was it? Oh, what was it? Emma, Emma Roberts. I might be right, but there's a production company going to make another anthology series. It's for like Netflix. It's like it keeps coming, and there's more and more and more and more, which is wonderful, right? Bring it because the more that's out there, like you're going to have your hits and your misses. Spoiler for this episode uh, that we're getting into, but that doesn't. What that means is that you're going to get more unique voices. Uh, more unique tales. You're going to have more people brought into the fold. And maybe one of those are the things that is the, the gateway drug to people enjoying anthology, horror and science fiction. And there might be things that they've not considered. Right. Um, and I, I'm a fan of all that, right? The, the, the more, the merrier. Like I'd even argue um, like there was that um, on Netflix, not to get too far into the weeds here. I apologize, but there's the, 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 the fear street movies that just came out that trilogy. Yeah. I still need to see that too. I heard yeah, it's for, pretty for good fun things, but yeah. it's, it's kind of anthology kind of not, they're all connected, right. but it's an RL Stein thing. And you know, like we're now in that generation that the older people are like, I remember RL Stein. I remember goosebumps. It's like, cool. That could be your way into something else. And and I'm sure he would be all about that too. You know, like um, I've joked about Are You Afraid of the Dark? We've covered a couple episodes on the show. That's a good gateway drug for people to be like, oh, that was fun. I remember that being great when I was a kid. Well, go back. It's not great, but that might be your way in. You well, know? yeah. And, you know, it's like the amazing thing is, you know, with uh, especially with Are You Afraid of the Dark and uh, Goosebumps, that stuff came out in the early 90s. People are adults now that grew up watching That's, that yeah. as small children. And so it's like they can, they have just a like voice the generation behind us were kids growing up watching the Twilight Zone, right. the Outer Limits, and you know, it whatever. Comes full so, circle. Yeah. So, yeah, I, we, 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 we kind of went a far, a long way to kind of explain our thesis statements for the series. However, um, that's where we're at. Like, like anthology is always a good thing in the sense that, like, you bring more people to the table, you get more voices, you get more perspectives. And like the more the better. Yeah. The more the better. Right. I think, I I think that, um, I I don't like the term fandom, which we're going to talk about more in a second, just because I feel like that ends up becoming like, well, that's not my fandom. It's like, or that's your fandom. Like whatever. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's like, you love what you love. You don't like what you don't like. And that's fine. I just also, my argument is going to be, you love what you love. You love it for a reason. So maybe there's more. You know, like, and that's, that's always been like where I'm at where it's like, oh, you dig all this? Well, sniff around the edges a little bit. Maybe there's more to like, because the older I get, the more I realize as much as I, as I want to watch the things I love, as much as I want to watch the thing and the fly and all these things, like I'm talking, I guess the remakes technically, as much as I want to watch them in aliens, like I could do that and enjoy them. And I, and I've loved them to death, right? Like I've, I've squeezed them so hard. They're, they're like, you know, like I, I've killed those rabbits, you know, and it's like, but there's more out there. Let me find more. Right. And that's why I suggest a creep show. Cause I know Terry has a vested interest. And also I think the, the listeners might want to find something that is easily accessible. That's uh, readily streaming. And it's, it's, it's a current active thing going on. So why not have that conversation? So, there could be more, 
You know, like, cool. That's where I'm at with that. Well put, yeah. sir. Well yeah. put. I have my moments. So anyway, uh, yeah, this episode is uh, season three, episode two of Creep Show, Skeletons in the Closet, and the other segment's called Familiar. Uh, let's just get into our cast and crew for Skeletons in the Closet, and then we'll talk about it. So for uh, their first segment here, Skeletons in the Closet, our director is Mr. Greg Nicotero. Never heard of him. Uh, he came yeah. back. If you want to hear more about uh, Mr. Nicotero, we had a longer in-depth conversation in the episode prior to this. So go back and listen to that. He's the main shepherd. He's the main guy yeah, he, for the series. He's the producer yeah. of the series and that. Uh, tons of credits. Yes. So then uh, next year, uh, our writer, uh, Story... Uh, is by two gentlemen here, uh, Mr. Greg Nicotero and uh, John Esposito, um, who also Mr. Mr. Esposito uh, does a screenplay for this as well. Um, but uh, Mr. Esposito also did uh, one other episode or some other episodes of a uh, creep show. Yeah, some other segments I saw. Yeah. I don't think I've gotten to them it, yet. It but was yeah. hard to specify exactly which ones those were. It, I am again as we, we what happened with the Jordan Peele Twilight Zone is that since things are so new. Some of the details are still a little, like a little, Hazy. Um, like they're a little hinky when you go to IMDb. So we don't have sixty years of uh, confirmation. As yeah. far as his other writing credits here, though, uh, we have him working on some Walking Dead and some. Uh, he did the uh, the screenplay for Graveyard Shift, the movie. I, I love Graveyard Shift. I love that film. Uh, yeah, it's, I talking think he about did a good job of talking about a it. king axe. Take taking a short story and turning it into a full length. I think that's probably in a lot of ways a better way to approach King. Like in terms of like great short story too. Yeah, it's a fun story, right? And then he also did an episode of Masters of Horror. So there which it's another series that you have seen outside of uh, um I was gonna say John Romero. That's not right. Um John sure. Carpenter. No, yeah, John Carpenter. Uh, John yeah. Carpenter's cigarette burns. I've not seen any um Masters of Horror, which that is a a, a sin on my part, and we need to get more into that in this in our podcast. Yeah, for another time. So then uh here next we have our cast uh lead off here is uh Mr. James Remar. I love James Remar. I think he's a terrific actor. You might know him from The Warriors. He was in Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. Uh, he has tons of credits. He was a, one of his more notable credits from the last like 20 years is he was uh, Dex in Dexter for all the seasons. And mm -hmm. he's coming back from what I understand, too. He's also in um, that uh, Black uh, Lightning as well. Yeah, the CW show Black Lightning, which I like. I like the CW superhero shows. I've not seen Black Lightning, not because I'm... I've just fallen away because, again, there's so much of it. But that's cool. That's cool that he's in that. Yeah, I was delighted to see that he was in this. I think he's a terrific actor. I'd love to meet him. He's kind of on my bucket list. If you're listening, James, yeah, he Yeah, he plays uh, Ajax in the Warriors, and he ends up getting thrown into um, the train tracks of a subway train. No, if I remember no he's handcuffed to the uh, the bench. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he's right. He's the guy Sorry. who's always picking a fight he, with he people. Was, he was Ajax, though, right? That was, was that his character's Ajax, name? Yep. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. They, we talked about him on Tales from the Dark Side of the movie. He was in the third segment with. He um, plays Raiden also in the second Mortal Kombat. The bad Mortal Kombat movie. No, I like James Remar, and, yeah. and he's he's had a rough road, and he's had uh, some personal issues that he's been dealing with. But I also think that he's been given opportunities, he's proven his worth, and yep. he, he understands the genres in which he works in. And I think that's important because not that you want to typecast somebody never, ever, ever, but if they know what they're getting into, they know exactly the level they need to, to rise to. And when we talked about tell from the dark side, we know that he had uh, problems with alcohol and him playing like an alcoholic artist. It was kind of painful to watch because it's like, these are the demons at that point, but we know he's in a better place now. And we know having this iconic genre actor, which again, we talked last week, 
it's great to have those that know in creep show because then they they're going to chew the scenery that's kind of the expectation and that's that that's perfectly okay yeah definitely yeah so uh next here we have uh victor rivera um he plays lampini 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 yeah um uh, the only thing I, I recognize from his filmography was a uh, zombie lamb double tap. He's wor- he's done a lot. Yeah, of he different keeps working stuff. like yeah, again. He's, yeah, he's directing. He's writing. He's like he's all over the scene. I just don't know any of the other. And stuff. that's something we're going to run into with some of the like we've talked about that last week too. That's just what that's what happens when we're dealing with like um, a series that's current production, right? People have not had a chance to, with the exception of like you know your James Remars and everybody else like later. Uh, you, if they've not had a resume yet, it's because they're still acting and they're still working. So, yeah. There's no Hawaiian eye connections to my knowledge. <laughs> then this, We're working on it. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, right. It's like Skeleton 7, and this oh, was oh. a part of Hawaiian eye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, next here we have Valerie uh, LeBlanc. 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 Uh, she plays Danielle. I, I didn't know anything else she worked well, on. Because she has four credits. Yeah. And this is So this is her second credit that is actually out there. And she has two things of post-production. So it'd be really hard to be like, yeah, you know, I know her. We don't know her. Yeah. Yeah. So And then uh, last credit here for this uh, segment is uh, Lucas uh, Godfrey. He plays Burke. Uh, works mostly in art department and makeup for shows like Walking Dead yep. and Creepshow. He's he's the prop master, which I think is funny considering. Yeah. The, like, and he does uh, makeup on some stuff. Yeah, but considering where this this segment's going, and as much as it's unfunny, having him be in it for a second, uh, being in the context of what it is, and being a prop master is funny to me. Just from a huh, you cast this guy because this is what he does. I'm That's, sure that yeah. I'm sure that reason he even got casted like this is because uh, Greg Nicotero was just like, I know how much you're a fanboy. Boy, can I kill you with one of my props? <laughs> I, 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 and I'm sure he like that's fine. Like I, you know, I've al- I've always I've begged my uh, my co-host on my other show I do Invasion of Podcast, uh, uh, Steve, that who he writes a comic about a guy who is a serial killer, and I'm like, Steve, can you please kill me in your comic? Because as much as I'm a you know as much as I'm afraid of my own mortality, if I can at least see it in front of me, let's I'm like, well, you know what? Not as bad as that. I'm hoping, you we'll, know, like we'll have to, we'll have to contact him. <laughs> well, no, watch. He's going to be like, yeah, sure. I'll put you out here, Paul. You, you're, you're dying on the toilet with a heart attack. I'm like, that's not what I meant. <laughs> you're doing the Elvis. Yeah. I'm like, that's not what I meant. I shot three TVs, but that's not what I want to. Anyway, so we're going to do a true crime <laughs> podcast within the comic book and he's going to kill us. Yeah. Right. No. The, so the okay. Saturday night slasher is coming for yeah. us. So I just have, I have, um, I have two other people I want to mention just kind of, cause uh, we have uh Paul Kim jr. As teen one. Uh, he is not a teenager. His first credit was in 1998 in one hour photo. This guy, he's not a teenager at all. He's like closer to your age, Terry, than whatever. But and then we have Casey Wortham as teen two, only credit. So that's all we got in here. So yeah, um, yeah, Terry. Uh, you know, I got to tell you um, before we get into uh, skeletons in the closet, I just got to do one of these right here. Idle hands make for an unproductive poop deck. Spoiler, everybody. This segment of this episode is one of the worst goddamn things I've ever seen ever. I despised every minute of the segment. So you you can you can let me know I'm wrong. And Terry, I was doing everything in my power to not unload on you. I despise this 20 minutes that we had to watch. It's it's not good. It's, it's- <laughs> 
we'll make we'll make this brief. Uh, we'll make this brief. Briefer I, than our discussion about why we like anthology horror. And this is also, I think this also kind of it, it proves it. It's like sometimes you miss. Sometimes you miss so hard that Paul gets angry while watching it the first time. <laughs> And I, so I, I watched this, what was on like a Friday or Saturday night, like it was like Friday night, I think. And I was watching this and I was drinking cause you know, as I do. And my wife uh, was in the other room, like beside me, she was eating dinner and she heard me just yelling at the TV, <laughs> but she kept looking at it. Cause like, I was like, do you want to watch? She's like, no. And she kept looking at it and I was yelling at it. I was calling out what was happening before it did. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be like, look at me. I know what's going on. It's like, no, because you took every easy way here that I was shouting out what was coming next because I was angry at you and you kept proving me right in the worst way possible. So there you go. Yeah. There's some real flaws in this episode. <laughs> I did, I did, here's all right here. Let me put this this way. My favorite thing about this episode is the fact that it like you see all the props and you can recognize props sure. and you can and you, you wreck it all the call outs and that. That's about it. Well, okay, fair enough. So, okay, so the story is you have uh, this prop museum. It's a, it's basically like a museum collection on the strip in Hollywood. We've seen something similarly similar, similar to this in a very low <laughs> we low a, grade way. Yeah, well, Mary, low grade. Yeah, sorry, Terry, not Mary. <laughs> Mary's my wife. Terry, Terry's my my husband. Um, so Terry and I were uh, we I think we talked about this. We were at a convention here like a couple weeks ago in, in Mich- Michigan, and there was a, a tent out in the parking lot. We they were charged a dollar each for us to go look at movie props. That's about where we we're at with this, but this was like in a parking lot in Michigan where it's like, oh look, those are the mag boots from Face Off. That's pretty cool. Whatever. Anyway, so this thing is like this, like that we see, like this is the important thing to be at on the strip in Hollywood. It's all these movie props, and it's reference, reference, reference. But we find out with Lampini and his uh, his girlfriend Danielle, like they have this big exhibit coming up, and they're teasing it, and this is going to be a big deal because they have a lot. They have, they have a lot of like really expensive props, which, um, my first thing I'll say, and I, I like, I'm just going to, I'm going to go through the story real fast here and we'll get into what I'm frustrated about is that if you have these props that are so like priceless and expensive, some of them are under glass, some of them are not right. Why would you leave? If, if you are upset that people are touching the actual grail from, Rum. um, like, uh, the last crusade. Yep. Why would you leave that out in the open for people to to mess with and be like, you can't touch that. That doesn't make sense to me. Like, cause if it's like, you know, if it like, like if it is so important, you'd put that under glass. They chose poorly. They chose poorly. Yeah. Right? Why, why would See, you leave that's that? a funny joke. This segment's not a funny yeah. joke. Um, so we have that. So we end up seeing, like you mentioned, like the references, like we have, like, I think we have a Jason six mask. Or Jay, like it's Freddy's for, glove. We have Freddy's glove. Yeah, we, we have, have um, the gas mask from um, My Bloody Valentine. We have like there, there's the ball from Phantasm, which you know that yeah. pays off better. But but what happens is is that we we get that this is a curated collection, right? And that's fine. All that's fine. I'm a, like as much as it bugs me that it's like, hey guys, where's the horror show? Do you know this? Do you know this? I can let that go. The sin of this is that the dialogue shoved into the lead's faces pisses me off so much. So is this why you hate Big Bang Theory? Like, anyways. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's the reference, same thing. Reference, no, reference, reference. It's the same thing where it's like, reference isn't the same thing as comedy. Reference isn't the same thing as horror. Like, it's just, 
like like it's one thing like okay so we're gonna peel the back peel back the curtain for a second terry and i were at a convention this weekend that is a celebration of like horror films and like the drive-in era french cinema like exploitation you know it's like you know imagine like a spirit spirit store but like a lot darker and more bloody and like way from like 30 years ago yeah it's like i I, as much as i like i like buying all the stuff on the sales for this convention like sometimes it gets to be a bit much for me but anyway like you go there it's like this is going to get weird that's fine we go in and celebrate the things that we love we buy our movies we buy our t-shirts we buy whatever right uh and that's fine like there's reasons why like especially creep show exists because there's a fan base that's fine. We can celebrate things. We can share like, Hey, I bought this. That's cool. I bought this. That's cool too. Right. And we make our references. That's fine too. But like, there's a difference between like a shared celebration of things that we love than not just winking at the camera, but treating your audience like they're like vegetable, like coma victims that don't understand anything. And you have to be like reference. Like that's my problem. Yeah. And it's like reference, but then explain reference. And it's like, and then make this inside uh, joke, but it's like, you know, that you're explaining the inside joke too. It's like that. I don't know. There there was a lot of that going on in this. No, this is the whole thing too. Like later on, like we have like uh, their closing shop and then, which by the way, the biggest thing here, (laughs) this is, this is me going to be showing myself. So we get, we get Lampini who is this, this, this neck beard guy wearing, he's wearing one of those, like, I don't know, the Dom DeLuise caps. What, I don't know what you call them. Like it's the caddy cap. Like, yeah, it's like what do you? It's the Dom DeLuise cap. Like you guys look. Yeah, it it's up. a cabbie. Like, it's a, yeah, whatever it is. It's like and he, he he's a neck beard or whatever. And it's just like it's so annoying. And and like his girlfriend, um, I just you know, I may maybe I I, I love finds a way, but um, <laughs> please please say it, please say it. None of this makes any sense. No, it does. She not. is she is smoking hot, <laughs> and he is he is me after three weeks of a beard growing out. My like, wife had to point this out. She's like, <laughs> th- she's like, of all the things that I felt like was unbelievable. Oh, no, we get skeletons running around and fighting each other. Fine. I will accept that as reality. I can't accept her with him one bit. There's no way. This guy looks like he smells like cheese. All right. Like, <laughs> this- like no, no, no. Like, not even good cheese. <laughs> yeah. Like, it smells like monster he cheese. He smells like Velveeta. <laughs> I, you know. I just, I, it made no sense. Please don't, just, just don't. Why, why did we have to put like the cute chick with him? I don't know. Like, well, I mean, I don't I know. Think like, there what, was poor I, casting in I, my, in I, my no, I'm just saying, like, like, okay, again, like, there's lots of flaws. We, here. we can't, <laughs> we can't speak to, like, I guess it's unfair to be like, well, you don't know who's going to be attracted to who. Sure. However, um, <laughs> I, I've seen this guy multiple times at things like like at conventions and bars and everything they're not with this girl no. so um i also understand that, that we're supposed to have a suspension of disbelief because it's creep show and it, i think creep show implies that the creep is showing us horror not that the main character is having a creep show being like look at my hot girlfriend like i don't think that's what the show's supposed to be um so that was like huh all right well i guess i guess this is happening so is this some like wish fulfillment like what was they they should rename this episode Fantasy Island. You know, that's what they should have renamed it. Um but anyway. So we find out that he has this big like reverential belief that like movie props can live on past. And that's fine too. Like we get that. Like we all attribute our value to the things that we love. 
and the things that we watch. And we, and we just talked like 20 minutes before about why we feel the way we do about things. And then we went to a convention this week and we bought things that we love and we like, and how we feel about those things. Like, like, um, like Terry's a bigger collector of items than I am. However, they, so the reason you collect the things that you collect is because they're important to you not to be like, Hey everybody, look what I got. Like you don't like all the, the cool shit that you have. You never present to me like, yeah, do you have this? Nah, I got it. And our friend group, like the people that we know and, and hopefully listeners aren't like that, but it's like, it's like when you meet somebody, it's like, you want to have that connection of like, you do a thing that I appreciate and I value it. And I have a thing that I would like you to sign or what, you know, or whatever. Right. Like, because there is a value to you, not a, I'm going to hold this above your head because I'm a better fan than you. And that's exactly what it feels like in the segment here later. But, but, you know, even having this curated shop, like you were talking about, this is Victor's collection. (sighs) This also was passed down by his father. Let's let's add that in there, too. So his father was a real avid collector of, uh, of different items. Victor is still trying to build his collection. He uh, he loses out on uh, a bidding war between some other collectors to get yeah. a prop, Big man. You know, a, a prop from the Omen. So, which sure. I would have loved to have that prop yeah, too. But but, but it, like, was well, so he opens like the was it Burke? By the way, spot on naming of Burke. Uh, we'll get to that later. Yes, um, <laughs> good. You know, whatever. Uh, like he opens up, they end up getting the original ball from Phantasm. That's cool. I like it's a cool looking prop. Don't get me wrong, right? Like my mission is I've never seen Phantasm. It's the coolest. Shut up. <laughs> but, but however, I I know what it is. I get it. Yeah, you know, that's fine, right? You, you but understand then, reference. Yeah. yeah, but then like we end up seeing like there, I some I though I don't know like the only things I was like seeing all the different display cases like so Terry I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm challenge you to a fan thing right now. Did you pick up on like the license plates that were in on display. I was looking all over the place. I, I did notice the hand from, uh, well, it's the fossilized hand from creature from the black lagoon. I did notice oh, that. Yeah, good. I didn't pick up on that, yeah. but the two license plates, I believe the Michigan ones from evil dead. Yes. Um, and then the CBQ one from California is Christine. Okay. Yeah. Cause it's, I, it's, I, it's close. Sorry. CQB close quarters combat or whatever it was like, that's the, that, cause that was what that CB, whatever it was stood for is like, because this car is going to hit you hard. Mm. I'm like, Oh God, it's the Christine license plate. It's, it's the evil dead license. Plate. Great. Like I understand a thing, you know, I just, I mean, I like, and if I went, walked in the showroom, I'd be like, Oh, that's cool. That's all that stuff. But it's like, in terms of the storytelling, I don't know, man, like it, it did so much more like, don't you get it? Like, like, but what if, what if you're a new person to the series? It's like, I'm going to check out this creep show thing. Oh, this could be fun. But it's like, there, there's the, it's like, they're doing like horror 303, whatever, like you need to do horror 101, you know, right. where it's like, can we just get the points across? Like you could have just been like, oh, I collect movie props. This is from, you know, the movie that we've never heard of or whatever. Like you could have, you could have toned it down a little bit. I think that you're, the substance that is lost because of everything that's going on, like if you're looking at all the stuff, actually the first viewing, I was like, oh, cool thing, cool thing, cool thing. Wait, this uh, this episode's boring as hell. Cool thing, cool <laughs> thing, cool thing. So it's like, I'm not investing in these oh. characters. I think that uh, Lampini is, uh, he's a jerk. He's he's a big jerk. He, he Like him holding over 
the heads of people like his info, like the things he knows, like he's like a one upper, like, oh, I know this. And look at this prop. You don't know about this. It's like it's not about going to a museum and having somebody who is an historian tell you about him. He just seems like a douchebag. His, his, his value, his own self valued value is that he knows a thing that you don't. Right. And. Like I and I get like I I know the older I get the more I realize that like I've been guilty of that as well and I've been trying like my thing now is that I've been trying to couch it with like oh you like a thing can I tell you something that you may not know that will make us excited for a thing that's where I'm at with that as opposed to you don't know this I know it like I you know we've been guilty of it like I get it well like, I, I approach it more or less from like like see my grandfather used to tell me stories all the time. My grandfather used to tell me about things that people did that, that I maybe didn't know. And it wasn't like he, because he knew it. It's because people did great things and he wanted you to know it. Yeah. And that's like, well, there's, I, there's that's a better that approach to this. Or be like, oh, you're, are you a fan? Name three other things this person did. That's what I feel like this is, right? Like um, I was at a supermarket a couple weeks ago wearing a, um, a video game shirt and the person checking me out with reference of like, oh, they're like, you like, you like this game. I'm like, yeah. I was like, what's the thing that frustrates you about it? Meaning, meaning you like this, so you must be annoyed by something. I wasn't trying to like knowledge check them. I was just trying to be like, we have common ground because there might be something that bugs you about this as opposed to all oh, you do like this. Tell me all this information about it. It's more like that. You no. didn't know this. Yeah. And it's like, I didn't, I didn't approach it like that. And we had like a little fun interaction. I went on my way because like they engaged with me. I engaged with them and I was like, yeah, this bothers me too. I guess we're friends now, you know, whatever. It's but not it, like- even in its own right, like you're not about like stroking. Like if you go and walk away from a conversation, like, ha ha, I knew more than him. That's what Lampini knows. Oh, that, that's yeah. what his character sees. It's not like. even him. It's that type of fandom that pisses me off so much. And then, and then later on, whenever his girlfriend's like, Oh, did you want to do it in the captain's chair? Cause it's a star Trek reference. Uh, he's like, on the uh, con thing. No, 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 no. Well, that's <laughs> no talking about Bateman has his con. It's like, fine. Mention that. And then you have to do it. Just, just stop it. Episode. You're drunk. Um, but then like later on, it's like, do you want to just do it in the captain's chair? He's like, affirmative. It's like, I understand that we've like, most of us have seen aliens Just stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. But then there's even later on whenever Bateman shows up, who is the rival, the rival collector, who uh, the, the big thing is that there's this this display that is going to be shown soon. And Bateman is is wise to what's going on. That's James Remar, right? And he's the guy who was who the rival of um, Lapini's father. So he shows up. Yeah, there's this long time feud yeah. between the two and collecting. Because of and- a woman, because of... Uh, uh, Lampini's mom. Which I'm like, that sounds like a really hokey scenario too. Like, sure. You can tell you, you, are you telling me that they didn't put a lot of thought into everything just to get to the references? I don't know. Anyway, like this family feud that has yeah. consisted between I, 20, 200 we, years. We've gotten to the one reference that I'm sure it's going to piss you off when we get to it. So, um, that's my, I'm calling it out. But anyway, so he shows up and is like, Oh, I see you. You have all these skeletons. Well, we didn't even get into this for, for the skeletons. He, uh, he walks around and is like dismisses all the collections as kind of like, yeah, that's cool, but do you have this? Well, they're all, they're, I, 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 we kind of hold back this, the swearing here, but 
they're both in big dick mode <laughs> the entire time. Like, oh, you know, um, yeah, I see your chainsaw over here from uh, Texas Chainsaw no, Two. From from, from uh, yeah, Texas Chainsaw Two. two. Right, yeah. yeah, that uh, and, uh, that uh, Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper has which call back to you know other episodes. Um, but Dennis Hopper has that. Oh yeah, big deal. Uh, you know that there's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre one chainsaw and uh, you know Lampini's like well that doesn't exist and it's gone like from you know all the information we have he's like nope check out my phone picture <laughs> it didn't I need to happen it. where like it, the remarch characters like like bateman's like check it out i got it from the toby hooper estate it's like I, who cares like i don't care like get to the heart of the matter which is because of this display this this display that Lampini's doing where it is skeletons like actual people skeletons that were used in films, which there is half of the displays are actually, they're not the real skeleton. The stories are correct. Right. Like, um, like I, like poltergeist, poltergeist, there were real skeletons used in the swimming pool. We know that. Um, and they talked about, was it Raiders? I want to guess. And it's all Spielberg, right? So I'm sure he's like, are they dead people? Are they skeletons? Let's just do it. Um, the third skeleton was the original creep from the creep show films. I appreciate that was that. not actually, that was from oh. the, that, 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 right. that, um, that picture was from the initial season of creep show. The, oh, so that the, was the, the first the, creep from that, the show. Yeah. So I thought that was the one from the, well, cause they never actually just animated it. Like they used cartoons. I, for, I, it's, it's, know. it's the, the real, the real skeleton is a real skeleton from the original, uh, movie. Um, that is part that is part of Tom Slavini's personal collection. He did use it in another film, okay, but that is like something that he doesn't really like bring onto okay, sets or anything. Fair enough. Movie. Thank you for um, slapping me I, with your. I uh, forget the name of it, with, but he with, has a with very your big dick trivia there too. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to stay informed and give the information to. Let's <laughs> shut up, dude. <laughs> All right, no, no. <laughs> No, and the last the last one was supposedly like what was it the the basement zombie from um was Dawn it? of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Dead. I'm sure, yeah. Whatever. So, but you know, and then there was the other skeleton that had the sword and the shield. Yeah, that was like it's like oh, is this a Harryhausen reference? It, like, yeah, that's how I felt, I and especially when you see the cover on the outro to the the first episode of this season yeah and you see that they give you the information about what the next season or next, next episode, episode supposed to be yeah. so that's the only way to know what the, it looks like a ray harryhausen like um like sinbad or um yes uh, yeah yeah whatever it is even um clash of the titan something the jason, harryhausen, uh, uh, jason and the argonauts, argonauts yeah so um, you get that right so whatever. Anyway, so Bateman's like, "Oh, I know you've been a grave robber, and I can prove it." But I want to get the creep, Savini's creep, and and they just give me this, and I'm good to go. And then then uh, um, Lampini's like, "Oh yeah, but check out this other reference I have to the night, like the knife shoe from James Bond that the girlfriend's wearing." Which, by the way, can I, let me just do a hard stop here. I'm talking way too long about the segment. This does not deserve any of this, but. Like if that's an actual movie prompt, why would you be actively wearing it? They just possibly had sex on a a movie prop from a sh- from Star Trek. So it's like they don't they don't care that or at least I'm sorry, Greg Nicotero, if you're listening right now, or you he's going to be like Terry. We met a couple weeks ago. Wouldn't in, write in this in here. You would not write this in here. Stop. Just uh, he's no. like I liked him. We met once and he took a photo. I'm going to listen to his podcast. It was a magical yeah. moment, but. <laughs> 
I'm done now. I'm done. Yeah, anyway, We're breaking up, Greg. Yeah. Um, but no, it's just uh, yeah. So she's wearing the shoe. It's got the knife that extends out of it's it. So stupid. It, I mean, it's, it's so it, stupid. It's a running thing in a lot of other movies. It's a cool little prop, whatever. But um, Bateman's like, no, I don't want that. I don't want you to try to, you know, negotiate with me. I have enough information here to bury you, pun intended. And because we found that he's been actively grave robbing to get his skeletons for his displays. Right. Yeah. So he's like, look, you you give me what I want right now, which is the creep over here, the creep show skeleton. Give me that and we'll square it away. He's like, you know what? Because you're pissing me off right now. Give me the shoe too. throw that into the mix. And he's like, no, no, no. And then um, his girlfriend, Danielle, tries to uh, budge in. And Bateman shoves her, which, okay, the next this next sequence, I could kind of see why Danielle's a little, like, gun-ho. He calls her a terrier. Terrier, like, he yeah. He calls her, call like, her a terrier. pet. To, yeah, yeah. and it, call off your dog or whatever it was. Call yeah. Off, yeah, and then he... She slash. She brings that foot up and slashes Bateman in the neck. Yeah, yeah. That's a pretty cool move. That I was. I dug that. I dug that. But again, it would never happen. And, and if it's a movie prop, it's not sharp. It's not. no. But then, at the, but at that point, like you have, uh, you have Liam Payne be like, he's dead, Jim. I wanted to reach to the screen and punch everybody involved right then and there, <laughs> like. This is here's the hot take, everybody. You guys ready? This is the Ready Player One of horror segments where just statements are supposed to be the substitution for motivation and character. I everything I despise every moment of this. It's like you can do a little bit of this. Um, you could like you, you like I understand like we live in a world of that we're all constantly aware of what's going on. That's fine and. Terry called out last week when we did the mum segment that like the whiskey was uh, Grantham's like rye whiskey, which Grantham was the father from Father's Day and Creepshow. That's fine. Either you get it or you don't. I didn't know what it was. I, I think it was leaning towards something Terry clarified. Fine. It doesn't affect your viewing of the episode. Exactly. This, I, I even think they showed the ashtray from Creepshow. They did. One, like in one of the props. Twice. That's fine. No, fine. That's fine. Like, because you're <laughs> referencing the series. That's fine. Cool. Whatever. Okay, right? Like, I'm all I'm all about that. I mean, I don't know why the ashtray seems to be the thing every, that shows up all the time, but sure, um, whatever. Probably um, because it's the first segment, and and I mean, I don't know. The, the The Jordan Peele Twilight Zone kept referencing Whipple the entire time, and I don't know why because that well, episode wasn't great. And all that stuff, yeah. yeah, yeah, and the candidates, right? So, like, sure, like if you're gonna like if you're gonna kind of have the snake eat its head and reference its own thing. That's fine. I'm fine with it. But then we get him, we get him dead. And then we get to the, so I'm going to ask you this. Um, we have this, this montage segment, right? It's a real quick cut where we get the comic book panels showing what's happening next, which is Lampini and Danielle, like taking uh, Bateman's body and going down, down in the basement where they're going to strip him of his flesh to somehow leave his ponytail or oh, whatever. Anyway, um, so first, what do they dip them in? Trioxin. Stupid. All right. So then um, <laughs> it's a reference to Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, which whatever, right? Sure. Congratulations, everybody keeping score at home. But then so I'm gonna ask you, like, do you think this is effective because you have the sound, you have the sound effects, knowing that Creep Show One is a a show that can it has the ability because it's kind of 
presenting itself as a pulp comic of going into the frames and coming out and having their transitions. So you move the story forward, but also as a, we can't afford to show any of this. How did you feel about that? That, that transition? I, I think it was, it, it, they did a good job because it would have costed so much money. It like, it might've looked like crap anyways. Like I just, I don't know. Like, cause they had a lot to tackle after this fact. I think that overall quick take here, this would have been a really difficult thing to do production wise overall. If you did it like, um, like uh, real makeup and all that. So I, I, I think it works. I'm okay with it. I kind of liked it. I would have done without the trioxin thing and I would have been fine. And especially this is all one set too, for the most part. So I'm okay with it. From a budget standpoint, I get it too. I think also the show is kind of a unique position to be able to get away with that a lot. Like it's like, oh, it's a comic book. Let's just go through a couple pages and we'll get right back to the original set. It's a fun transition. Yeah, it is fun. I just like, I just didn't need, I don't know. There, there was also other references that was like, not just trioxon, 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 ask your doctor day about trioxon, um, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, he even yeah. says like when he's about to carry the body out, like get the hooks from Night of Living Dead yeah, and get the box and cutter from Breaking Bad. It's like, like you don't. wouldn't use the props. Just my God, like I just every moment anybody spoke just pissed me off. So anyway, body gets stripped of all its organs except a ponytail, which they even show cutting the hair, like cutting the hair off. Yeah, I, I, I think it was like a badge of honor for him to. Attach it, which I don't know if that has any reference towards Creepshow Two in um, Chief Woodenhead. Oh, Chief Woodenhead, that might be it. That might be like a I, Chief. I Woodenhead was thinking thing. like a Star Wars thing with the Padawans, where you just cut the braids or oh, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, uh, who knows? Dishonor. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. So then uh, we also find out that um, uh, what was it when when we see Bateman being part of the display, we just see him with a ponytail, the skeleton with a ponytail, but he's holding the incriminating evidence. Did you notice that? It's like, oh, I got you dead to rights for robbing newspaper clippings. I guess I'm I'll leave the evidence with you like you idiot anyway so then we find out that like um uh, danielle's like did you do this he's like no burke did it because there you go the the naming conventions like burke and hare would go and grave rob which, which we talked which about we did cover in the season four uh twilight zone episode the new exhibit, exhibit. Yeah. yep burking so, and yeah, well, yeah. yeah burke they and were, yeah yeah, I'm glad you caught that. Like, oh like, no, 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 I did because reference, right? Yeah. And then, but then we get this whole thing of like Skelly Vision, which is funny, but not. It's like, not. <laughs> it's from the perspective of a skeleton. It's like okay, and then it pissed uh, me off. We get like we get Burke getting uh, phantasmed with the ball with the like, which is okay because you know the ball killing somebody. Fine, I get it, but but also it's a movie prop, so why would it work the same way as it would in the movie? It wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. It's, pl- it's made I, out of plastic. Like, why couldn't it just like bounce off his head and be like, "Well, that was mildly inconvenient." Then the skeleton <laughs> just kills him. Like, I don't know. So then, at the like, that's when we get Danielle. This is the part where, like, I was already mad, but I went volcanic. I went volcanic whenever Danielle's like, "I'm going to take a shower and figure out what I'm going to do next." And then, whenever she's in the shower, it goes to black and white, and it becomes a whole psycho sequence, which it literally apes her getting in the shower, the shot of the shower head. It's a shot for shot, like remake of the shower scene from Psycho. Which, well, sorry, go ahead. Please. Well, wait a minute, sir. Did you also 
remember that it is in black and white too. Can we can we stop? That's what I'm saying. It's in black and white. Like you can have we to stop. Like, like yeah. would you have like, to have it in black and white too? Because there's even the joke earlier where the teen the, the teens were like because they had Norman's mother there and they're like oh yeah the Gus Van Zant film and then she's like what it's like yeah because Gus Van Zant did a shot for shot remake of Psycho which making that joke and then, say and, the, uh, and then literally Vince goddamn Wong. doing it later is not a joke. It shows you got nothing anyway. Yeah, we, like, we're, yeah, like, we were. Sorry, I, I know we're spitting this, blood at this point. This episode is going to go a little long. I apologize to everybody. It's 2021. Uh, there, there is a you know a pandemic going on. People, people are all over the world suffering, and it's terrible. There's plenty of things that we could all get mad at day to day, right? And there's plenty of things that we as human beings should be upset about. So I shouldn't be like, oh, you're going to let this like thing in a TV show like upset you. And you're right. I have bigger fish to fry. With that being said, the, like this I, episode, meaning like, <laughs> like, like, um, you know, like, like, like to, to pull the curtain back, like when Terry and I went to Michigan to that, that convention, like we were being respectful human beings and wearing masks and trying to keep distant and others were not. And we were trying to be mindful and protective of those around us because we want to be good human beings. And we didn't make it a big deal. Right. Cause it's like, we're trying to do our best. Right. So every day I'm trying to do my best and I'm like trying to be the best person I can, but like this, all of this to me, Terry, like as much as like, I am frustrated by there's times in the original twilight zone where I'm like, you could have done better. And I agree. I believe that completely. We've had 60 years past the bewitching pool. Why the hell does this exist? Why does this episode, this, this segment exist where it's like, Hey, now we're going to do a psycho montage where it's sorry, a callback where it's exactly the same. And this is the point where I was, I was telling you where I was like drunkenly yelling at the TV. I was like, sure. Have her fall down. Show the close up of the eye. And I kept yelling at the TV, show the close up of the eye. And that's when my wife looked at me like I was an idiot because I was just yelling at the TV. So you're like directing at this point. You're like, all well, right, go in there, close. There, there's not a directing whenever you know what's coming next. <laughs> the only thing about that that was enjoyable to me was that it wasn't Norman's mother that killed her. It was this, a skeleton that did the whole boop, 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 boop. like it did like the whole like um like uh I don't know um it, it did like the what um the the lobster man from Futurama uh, Zoidberg. <laughs> it did the whole Zoidberg. It was like. <laughs> And it's like it, it just ran away, like it, it Zoidbergered away from the murder scene, which was funny. And I'm sure it was done that way on purpose, but that was funny because you see a skeleton just hauling ass out of the bathroom. But here's here's the goofy part about this, though. The skeleton is wearing a wig. It's not just the, the ponytail that no, it no, is it displayed made it a point with to wear it the Norman's wig grand, Norman's mother's wig. Yeah. Yeah, so that was annoying and stupid and dumb and, and stupid and, and stupid it, and stupid and stupid. And if you're pissed off to this point, just wait. Keep coming. So then so then we get uh, Lampini coming in and being like, oh, no, the hottest person I'll ever be with is dead now. Um, uh, most, the most unreasonably hottest person that was attracted to me is dead now. And then that's all in color. But then like the, like he ends up in the bathroom because like the skeleton's showing up, he closes the door. Then we get a shining reference and it's like, so like the, 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 the skeletons try and break the door the way the framing is like he's freaking out. The only thing I liked about this, they picked up like the back of the toilet and swung it at the skeleton and the skeleton was like, ah! and it ran away. That was the best part of that. It was like, yeah, I don't know. I'd, probably try hit the skeleton too like 
Yeah. So stupid, so stupid, so stupid. So he goes back down to the the exhibition area or whatever, the exhibit area or whatever. And uh, he's trying to get his way out of there. And he finds his buddy who is dead, and he's like, "Oh, oh, wow, that that sucks." And all of a sudden, the skeleton skeleton is coming through with a chainsaw, a working chainsaw. Where would he have found a working chainsaw with gasoline in it? I true value. Is there a true like, value why, on the strip? Why? None of these props are going to have considering. Gasoline in it. I was in Vegas and on the strip that is CVS does twenty four hours and they had things. That's all good, but I don't think there's going to be like a, a true value hardware or a Would Lowe's. they have checked his ID? <laughs> you know, like, because hey, gasoline. Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And, yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. Anyway, so that was stupid. And then he holds up a prop sword and they fight. And that's when we get, um, we, we find out that his father is the skeleton that is the one holding the shield and the, the sword. We find that out later, earlier. Sorry, earlier, whatever. Earlier. It doesn't matter. It, none of this matters. But then we have a skeleton on skeleton fight done in a stop motion style of the Ray Harryhausen moments. And that was okay. I, I get what they're going for. But by this point in time, I was so done with the segment. I like that part more. That was a little bit more redeeming. I wish everything would have been done in that kind of vein. It looked like crap. But it looked better it looked than stop, wheeling. It looked like stop motion on an earlier thing, which you could even, if you want to do even a Freddy thing, you can go back to, to goddamn Dream Warriors and have yes. the charred skeleton with the glove fighting, you know, whatever. It's just, we get it. That was a, a filmic style that was the best they could do at the time. And if this is supposed to be your nod to old Hollywood, I get it. But by this point in time, I was so over the segment. Which I believe K&B worked on both of those films. Uh, the uh, Ash, over, I'm sorry, worked on uh, Dream Warriors okay. and also worked on, um, oh, geez, uh, Army, of, uh, Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. Okay, Which, that makes sense. Yeah. If you didn't see that earlier, I looked very close at this uh, the exhibit that they showed the skeleton with the shield and the, the sword, and it said... It, was, it showed Army of Darkness. Okay, I thought that was more of an early. And that was like, they, that was definitely a K and B thing. Which, yeah, which no, that's a callback to that too. You're yeah, right. and yeah. it's definitely like you know, it looks more like Ray Harryhausen than that. But like, if you would even had me like so, like we'll get to the end of the minute because it's, it's so stupid. Anyway, like I apologize, everybody. We normally come in with this like trying to be positive. And we were trying, trying to, to find, yeah. And we we're, were trying to. Tr- as, as, much as, we, <laughs> as much as we didn't, I, I was just like, we're going to do it through this for five minutes, and seven hours later, we're still talking about it. But um, as much as we were not happy about Queen Bee as a segment last week, that's yeah, problems. Welcome to I, this. I will, I will <laughs> take that. I'll take that a thousand times over this. But if you would have set it up where. Um, Bateman was a Harryhausen skeleton going around and just like swinging like a, an axe or, or a sword and killing everybody. And you saw him in stop animation style. I would have been way better with that. And that's exactly what I was saying. It's like, if we would have had a seamless transition from that scene to that scene, to that scene in that same style, that would have made more sense. But there are scenes where it literally looks like somebody is wheeling around a, a motionless skeleton. On like a dolly or something. That's what I'm saying. Like when it hightails it out of the bathroom, what the hell is that? Yeah, it's not great. (laughs) So then we find out that like the person that had the sword, sorry, the skeleton, sorry, the um, the bone American. uh, That anyway, I don't know how you call it. um, The the skeleton American. That is, I don't know how you identify a person of just bones. Like I don't know the calcium American that's coming out that has the 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 shield, the shield and sword. It's his father of Lampini, and he fights Bateman because he has a ponytail, so you could tell the two right. They have a big fight. 
And um, he cuts off the head of Bateman because he's a skeleton. Therefore, he's dead again. I don't understand that. But then, then Lampini's like, thanks, Dad. And the skeleton goes back up in... I, I would have been okay with this if the rest of the segment would have been better, like more like actual fun. Been yeah. like, oh, okay, your your bone daddy's coming down to help you. Bone you know, daddy. whatever. Bone yeah, he goes- Hashtag bone daddy. Um, <laughs> like, um, that's, you know, sometimes we're on a Saturday night. Sometimes it's a hashtag bone daddy. But anyway, so, but then at that point, uh, that's he, my stripper name. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. He, he so Lampini lives, but like his his uh, his uh, his girlfriend, his masterpiece is is dead. He kept on, he kept on calling her Mona Lisa. I don't know if any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's whatever. the thing I kept on losing yeah. track of too. Sure, yeah, whatever. But anyway, so then when the the exhibit opens, the teens from earlier, the one guy that's like fifty years old, the one teen and the other one come in. <laughs> And um, they look, they're like, oh, this is all weird and stupid. But there's the one that is the the the, the lady that's like, it's the, she's a skeleton, but with like a painting frame around her. And then Lampini's like, well, it's my Mona Lisa. And props never die. And he goes and makes out with the skeleton. The skeleton's all like chatter, 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 teeth, 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 you know, whatever. It's like, it is so Dumb. goddamn stupid. Dumb. The only thing, so I will appreciate that the current creep breaks out a cell phone and takes a selfie with it with the previous creep that that is remotely funny because you have the narrator or the presenter which the creep doesn't ever talk but you can tell that he's taking an active participation into the story that's a fun little bridge and ending the story that was okay I would have that was okay if we could have just put a pin in it and done that fine yes or like if what there are so many problems like I, I don't think any of this outro stuff could have helped whatever so i'm not gonna even put my critiques on this that's our story like that that that's what happened there and yeah. it was a train wreck and <laughs> i was not happy about it at all no no so and if you if you dig it i'm sorry <laughs> but this was rough this was well, no I, if, like you know the paul if you like it you like it yeah and, and you you're hearing the opinions of two guys that did not and terry is like i feel like you're slightly more forgiving of it than i am but i'm saying like it's just a hair right i i watch this and i just like like i i don't want to hate things that i watch yeah i don't like, like to hate watch no 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 because no. i think there's too many people out either, there right. there's too many there's too many hot takes on social media right there's too many podcasts that all they it's so easy to dismantle right because it's easy to be like well i didn't like this xyz and i know that i'm guilty of that as well i get it i get it i get it however it bring it, it takes a lot for me to get like just pissed watching something the first time through like we you and i we've slogged through a lot of of um not so good pedantic twilight zone Zone and other like what like and so things may not work they may not work fine there might be merits there Hmm. um but there's times where there's things that just show up where there is no merit whatsoever and this this um this devolves to the lowest common denominator and also assumes the audience is a bunch of idiots that they just want to be spoon fed like baby food and references, you know? And I, that makes me mad where it's like, like, um, um, I don't know. Like, I, like, I think you and I've talked about this, like, like off mics, but like, I, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I like a lot of printed t-shirts cause I mean, I guess it's my identity as cargoes and printed t-shirts cause I'm an overweight white guy. Okay. But however, like 
I don't need something to be a direct reference to be like, Hey everybody, here's words on my shirt. Do you like it? Like if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. But if you do like, Hey, you dig a thing. We like, we, we, you dig a thing, right? Like, cool. Like, but I don't need to have like, um, you know, like, uh, yeah. Nike tees all the time. Well, like, I, I don't know. I, don't, I like, it's just, I don't know how to describe it. Like, um, like I have, like I have a UHF t-shirt that it's from the, 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 the fake commercial in that movie for spatula city. Nice. I think that's a really funny. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen that. Shit. Uh, you, I've that, worn awesome. a lot around you. Really? Just, Terry, you're not a true Maybe fan. I don't. Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> and it's like, like, by the way, I wore that to the Monroe convention with you. <laughs> like, anyway, because one lady was like, I like that art. I'm like, cool. And she's like, yeah, I have a lot of fifties, like, you know, magazines. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, I'm like, but it's spatula city, but I'm like, cool, whatever. I'm not going to be upset about it anyway. Uh, but it's I like know that shirt. I, I think it's funny because it's a reference to a movie that I love, and it's a it's a small bit of a film that I love. And if people like that and they see it and they smile and they get it, that makes my day. But if they don't, I'm not mad about it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not being like, you don't get my shirt from a, a Weird Al film from the like late 80s. Like, you know, like I'm not mad about it. Like it's just, I don't know. But I'm, I'm always observant of where your eyes are at. That's yeah. that's where it's at, Paul. No, that's fair. But like <laughs> no, but I'm saying like I don't need like um I don't know. I don't need like a big shirt that just says Twilight Zone, Twilight Zone, Twilight Zone. Hey, I like Twilight Zone. Like I, whatever. I don't know. Like I just maybe I'm not saying it the right way, but like I will wear my 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 fandom. Uh, I will wear my loves. Like I'll wear them with shirts. I will talk about it. I'll express the things that I really, really enjoy. But I don't want to do it in a way where it's in your face. Where I'm like, I need you to acknowledge it. If you do, cool, great. I, that's no, something I, else. I, and if not, that's fine too. I agree with you. I mean, I am a person of that same kind of nature. I my tattoo. I'm a tattooed person. I have tattoos of Pokemon. You're a tattoo American. Yeah. I have Pokemon tattoos, but it is not the Pokemon ball. It is not the Pokemon logo. I don't have Pikachu on me. Well, I no, have, like I'm looking right now, like your your elbow, you have the umbrella yeah, symbol I have, from I, Resident I, Evil. Yep. I know that. Other people may not. That's fine. Like, like I'm not saying that's like the most like deep cut, but that's a cool that's a cool image. But if you know it, you know it. If not, not a big deal. Right. You know, I don't have to I don't have to like try to Hope that somebody's just like we're having like best bro kind of con- connection every time. It's like I got it for me. I don't care. Like I'm no, that's, not. <laughs> that's fair, but I'm just saying. Like I don't know. I just feel like there's sometimes where people will have to just shove it in your face to be like, I like a thing. It's like cool. Calm down. But anyway, so with this, I feel like the segment was like you. You have to acknowledge this because you like this. It's like even showing George Romero's like Hollywood Walk of Fame star. It's like calm down like we know like and they showed the the creep show poster in the background uh our lead here he had a a day of the dead uh shirt on which greg nicotero was in that's fine like Like, greg fine greg if you're listening greg dial it i know i know you i knew you stopped listening i I apologize greg but i'm not apologizing now for this dial it back a bit you know like this i mean all the references you could have just like I don't know. Not had like half as many, you know, just 
Just saying. The dialogue, the dialogue killed me. If you want to put the props out there and be like, this is a a shop that is like referencing things, you show some sweeping shots of it. And it's like, oh, we see Freddy's glove, we see a Jason mask, we see the Christine license plate. There, like when you there, there are some deep cuts in there, like you mentioned the creature's claw. Like, yeah, there's things that I didn't know, but it's like somebody else would be like, oh, that's cool, that's a movie prop place, fine. You could have had all that. Yep. You didn't need to specifically reference dialogue or ape specific scenes because it's like that stuff exists and i'm gonna by the way guys uh creep show is never gonna reach the heights of hitchcock i'm sorry that's not it's not it's lame like sorry like i'm like i'm like why am i like i'm so sorry creep show like but it's like <laughs> you know it's like you're where you're you are where you are like have fun with it you like this isn't high art it's goopy monster tales it's goopy revenge it's goopy like you know, you get you you get what you wish for, like, like you know your roots. And I'm not saying like you can't like you can't um like shoot for hire. That's fine, but like it, I don't know, like it just it really really frustrated me because it's like it it just kept like like if you bring me things I already know and you're like eh eh like I'm out. Yeah, well, just to kind of put a pin in it, honestly. Yeah, please. Sorry, even we were at- too long. I apologize. Even after all that said and done, I think our actors were not good in this at all. No. That's it. That is the biggest fault of this. I think the acting was really like, subpar. Like, you know, I um, mean, James Remar, I think, I, I, I mean, fine. he's, you know, he's not. He knew what he was in. Yeah, he's not doing Shakespeare here, but it's not good. But I, I will also not. not I, I, I'm also not going to put this at the the feet of uh, Victor Rivera and Valerie LeBlanc because um, they're up and coming, right? And the like, and I, I guess I'll put this at Nicotero a little bit of like. Well, also I'll put this at Esposito where it's like you decided, like you decided to make this reference heavy. You didn't need to do that, you know. Like you could have, you could have been like, hey, I got all this in here. What if I take about take away half of this? You know, whatever, and then we it could have still been okay. Whatever, pick and choose, place. You, you could have had a couple that there could have been a decent payoff. And there, and there, the only reason to watch this upon other showings, in my opinion, for me, is to see all of the things that are in that little museum or whatever. Sure, but yeah. So, but that that that's our story there. Yeah, that's, great. You can just pay a dollar later and go to a tent in Michigan and look at some other stuff. That's kind of cool. There was the there was the um, what was it the um. Oh, the blood, um, the blood, um, case from demon night. Oh yeah. The key, the key. Yeah. We met, we met the key. We, I don't know. We didn't meet it. We didn't shake its hand cause it doesn't have a hand, but it's like, if you look at like uh demon night and bordello blood, that was like the MacGuffin in those movies. We saw the key of the blood of whatever the, I would you know, have rather have met Jada Pickett Smith and no, had I, her. I, like, I, I would yeah, have, I would rather, awesome. I would have rather met, um, um, Oh, William Sadler. Or the, how about Billy Zane? Bill, Billy Zane's Billy a very, Zane. We're still waiting on you. Billy Zane. He like I'm not saying that like I'm I'm married and I'm happily married, but Billy Zane asked me to go out. I'd say yes. I don't know how this became a Billy Zane podcast. No, 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 no. no. Let's just let's just let's just get into. The, if, if Billy Zane's a he's a very attractive man. He's very well positioned in Hollywood. Uh, he also you know like he was in Demon Knight. He was the Phantom. If he, he asked me out on a date, I would say yes. Like I, how could you not? He was in Titanic. He's, how, he was what, in 
Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah, but he was also in the second highest gross, uh, sorry, third highest grossing film of all time now. Like, how could you not want to go out with Billy Zane? That he's not part of the, any of this. So anyway, so did, I can't remember. Last week, did we rate the twist and move on to the next part? Did we do it? We like, did. We okay. rated the twist. All right, here's yeah. the twist. I don't know that the props would be magic and alive. And um, I, I didn't see Lapini making it out. Because I thought he was winning his Justice Earth. So I guess in terms of the twist being like one to five, one being uh, we saw it coming and five being blowing our minds, I'm going to give it a three, a begrudging three that doesn't rate the segment because I think the segment's terrible, but I didn't see him coming out and actually still finding success. I'm going to rate this a one because it's only solely based on the fact that if we know that Bateman is his nemesis, and then he's going to come. He is Khan, yeah. And he's going to come in and somehow get killed. Like I could see that, like totally. Fair enough. Uh, whatever. All right. Well, I I like that somehow I rate the twist higher, but I'm just despise that segment. So, all right, um, that's going to do it for the <laughs> the first part of our <laughs> the, the thing I said was going to only take five minutes took 87. So I apologize for that. Uh, let's just get into uh, the second segment. Uh, familiar. Let me see it. Okay. This is scary. Yeah, no shit, babe. Do you believe it? I don't know. Okay? Something's going on, though. Something happened at the office today, and all of this started after we left that man's place. Do you think something followed you here? Let me see it. I don't know. Was that caught? I don't know. If that no, was no. I just I tarry about lost his mind because I I didn't realize that would be as funny as it was. Let me see it. All right. <laughs> I was just gonna. I was getting ready for your like the next part of the audio be like zip. Yeah. But I, there you go. All right. No, check out my familiar. Yeah. Look, um, check out for my familiar. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Let's just get into the the they. Uh, I'll just say right now. Um, no matter how long we talk about this. It is the better of the two segments um, because it has to be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's it's a pretty quick uh, talk here, I think. Um, So our director on this is uh, Joe Lynch. Uh, Two other episodes of Creepshow. um, And I can't remember what the the titles were. Again, confusion. Well, it looks like he's going to direct a couple other segments of the season. So, yeah. yeah, uh, And then he also did that movie that was uh, straight released to... uh, to shutter mayhem with Stephen Yoon and um, yeah, who is of the walking dead and of invincible. I heard it's great. I heard I've it's heard a lot, lot of fun. fun. Yeah. yeah. There's a film that Stephen that sorry, uh, Joe Lynch did a few years ago that I uh, got shelved and that eventually released like to streaming, which is called nights of bad hmm. That's a lot of fun. Like, well, let me rephrase the first half is a lot of fun. It is, um, st- uh, Steve on, it's not Steve on, um, Shoot, it, it has Steve Zahn. That's the oh word. Steve like, Zahn. Oh yeah, Steve yeah. Zahn. It has uh, Peter Dinklage in it as well. Where they no kidding. Uh, so the whole thing is like they're going to like a um, a live action role play like Renaissance Fair type of thing, and they're gonna have this big battle. But like in the in the process that's going on, someone actually summons like like uh, something like evil. And so the first half is a lot of fun. The second half is kind of like it's kind of there, but. 
uh, Peter Dinklage plays like this badass that's explaining how this is all going to work. And he's just like, at one point, like, cause they, like you see these like little images on the screen about how points are scored. And you see like these two foam swords going up to somebody's like, and this is how this happens. Pink, 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 pink. And it's like, you see all the points rattling off. Like he's a lot of fun. He's like this alcoholic, just like son of a bitch that is this there to tear people up in like a Renaissance fair. And Steve Zahn is in it too. I love Steve Zahn. So Knights of Bad Astom is actually a fun movie. Just understand it kind of loses its steam, but it's worth a watch. I'll have to check that out. Uh, yeah. Everybody talks about Mayhem. And then the other uh, credit here I have is uh, Wrong Turn 2. Never seen it. I've seen I, the first Wrong Turn. That's fun. There's like 15 Wrong Turns. and I despise. I will never watch a Wrong Turn film. Because it's set in my home state of West Virginia. <laughs> um, well, yeah, fair enough. And it's it's based upon like a bunch of like inbred people. And I'm like, you know, there's other states to choose from. <laughs> you know? And also, the first film was shot in Toronto. So what's that to tell you? I don't know. There's a it's, lot of films being filmed in Cleveland now, too. So I don't know. I don't know. But is Toronto like the incest capital of Canada. I don't know, but like, I just, it was one of those things where I remember the jury's out. Yeah. No, just when I watched, <laughs> I saw the trailer, the first trailer was like, so-and-so West Virginia. I'm like, Oh my God, it's going to be another incest thing. Is there going to be another yeah. incest? Yeah. So well, they're tired I, of doing it in Texas and New Mexico. Sure, sure. I don't know. Like, I just like, can I just tell you also that growing up that anytime I tell people from West Virginia, they would, uh, they would kind of do the dueling banjos themes at me because of the film, um, deliverance deliverance which was set in georgia and you're like huh yeah, i don't yeah. i don't want to flex but, right now no, but. My, my point is, is like that state is like south and not connected to my state but sure let's just do it anyway that's like the one scenario where you're like yes i do want to flex my information right now like of how what i actually know and you don't yeah, uh, so anyway, it was it georgia or alabama anyway it's not west virginia i can tell you deliverance is not set in west virginia and i could i cannot watch a wrong turn film because it just frustrates me, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, man. Like, it's like, we're known for a couple things and I don't know how I feel like, is that, is that like, is there like documentation for that? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I, whatever. Um, so this, this episode of strange highways is getting some weird places. I apologize to everybody. So uh, next here, our writer is uh, credited as uh joy, George, Josh, Josh, Josh Mallerman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Mallerman, um, he did some uh, uh, one other episode of uh, Creep Show, and I do have that credit, and yep. it's because you both, or we both, you both, you we both, both we, we like. Um, it, it was season, House season, of season the one, head. episode one. It was the second segment, House of the Head, yeah. which was wonderful. That was a really fun segment. Yes, it's a it's a fun episode, and then um, uh, he also wrote. Bird Box. The screenplay for Bird Box. Yeah, yeah and I, I don't know anything about Bird Box, but everybody, that was like I the know. rave. I've like, not seen Bird Box. Uh, the rave, the yeah. rave of the memes. So yeah. <laughs> everybody was memeing it. So uh, next here, we'll get into our cast, um, unless you had any other production no. credits. I, 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 just, I'm, I have nothing else about my home state. Continue there we go. Please. So uh, uh, our uh, cast is led off here by Andrew Bachelor. He plays Jack. Uh, one episode of uh, Walking Dead, and really nothing else that I know by this part. But he's a young dude. He's probably got. He a has bunch a lot of work. I don't. Yeah. I don't know much from him. So again, that's he's, just kind of what happens. He's right up now. and coming. He's got a good look to him, and that. Yes. He, so um, next here we have uh, uh, Hannah Fuhrman. Mm-hmm. She plays Fawn. Uh, one other creep show episode, and that is Night of the Living Late 
night. That's the one you, you've told me to watch. It's the Check last, it out, man. It's the last segment of season two. I need to get to it, yes. It's great. Yeah. And then uh, she also was in the original VHS. Yeah, she played Lily. Uh, she, she was the victim in that first segment of the first VHS um, anthology, which I, is actually, I like that film. That's, that's a that, good one. That one's that segment's creepy. There's the one with like the, the kids going out camping where you had like the kind of Jason following everybody around where okay. that one bothered me because a time, like the, 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 the camera would be near him. You'd see like the VHS distortion. That is upsetting to me. I don't know what it is, but the first VHS film's not bad. There is one that maybe, maybe we should slate this for November as well. Um, there's VHS 94 that's coming out in shutter now. Okay. Uh, maybe we should get to that and see how we feel. Yeah. About we'll it. look into that. Uh, I, I, some people have said the other, uh, VHS films are decent. Yeah, we'll, we'll look I, into it. I don't know about that, but, I, yeah. but there's there's one that's released to Shutter specifically recently. Maybe we'll get in that too. It might be a nice uh, change of pace. So, and then our uh, uh, next credit here is Keith Arthur Bowden. Uh, he plays Boone. Yeah, the psychic. Uh, you know. Get this, man. Here's a connection to the original Twilight Zone series. He is in the upcoming Walton's Homecoming. Yeah. Okay. Hamner. Oh, the Walton. Okay. I was like, okay. I was confused. I was like, I don't know the Walton. Like, yeah, you're right. Okay, great. great. (laughs) Yeah. Hamner. I I already talked an hour about how I didn't like the first segment. Don't bring Earl Hamner Jr. into this, please. (laughs) So, yeah, Um, that's our little. Oh, gosh. Very slight connection. But yeah, so that's happening. Uh, And then um, other credits uh, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. And he was in one episode of the Lovecraft Country series, which, again, you should finish. Amazing. He was also in Black Lightning and Cobra Kai. Yeah. So, And then our my last credit, I don't know if you have any others, but uh, Robert Stevens, Wayne, he plays Client. <laughs> uh, one other episode of uh, Creepshow coming later. Well, I, I think it's that funny. I know like, so I looked, at, looked into his uh, thing. He doesn't have a lot of credits, but it looks like. So he had two early credits in the 80s. And then there was like this large gap and he started acting in 2017. So I don't know what happened, but he's like, you know what? I need to be an uncredited character in a lot of things. So good on him. I was born in 83. I have a large gap between then and now. (laughs) Can I start getting casted and things? I don't know. Sure. Is, can, um, can you pick up acting that easily? Um, I don't know. Like maybe. I just I just think this guy is like yeah, he got he he was like I'm going to do it and then then maybe maybe he was like you know what I got to focus on my family and my career and then like his kids grew up and he's like you know what it's about time I become a guy that no one knows again and reacting <laughs> and, and bit rolls. <laughs> Here, let's just start off with kind of say that this that this segment starts off with the worst karaoke sign I've ever seen. Like it's it's like I understand this thing's low budget and you can't always pay for signage. So there's not a neon sciences karaoke. So this is a computer generated sciences karaoke. It is absolute garbage. It's terrible. Like you didn't need that. You could have just wrote karaoke. You could have wrote singing stuff on a sign and put it on the wall with an arrow. Karaoke tonight, you know, from this time to this time. Or maybe if you're going to do like the comic panels, maybe just have that as one of them. <laughs> like, and then just show the couple walking out being drunk. Or they could have filmed this in Lakewood and go to yeah. Corky's. How yeah, about no, no, that? no, 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 no. That's, that's a good call. But my point is, like, you, the last segment, you had a body fall into acid and become a skeleton. You could have pulled back a second and been like, maybe, maybe we don't need to show this karaoke sign in the real life. We could have just drawn it. 
like somebody was tasked to that. Just remember, somebody was tasked to that. It was terrible. I'm uh, sorry. Like as much as I try to forgive like shortcomings of things, but it's like you made an active decision to make a terrible like fake karaoke sign. So, uh, so our opening sequence here is we see Jack and Fawn. Fawn is his girlfriend, and uh, they're they're walking along. Can I just say I I have fun in most of my notes, but my first note is Jack and Karen are having a good night. I don't know why I switched out her name for Karen, <laughs> but it happened, so I apologize for that. She's not so much of a no, Karen. but I don't know why I wrote Karen. It might have autocorrected, but yeah, I know her name's Fawn, but it says Jack and Karen are having a good night, so I want to mention Jack, it. darling. Yeah, oh, whatever. Anyway, so yeah, <laughs> but Jack and Karen are having a good night. They're both tipsy. And then they're wandering out to this bar, and we find out that Jack is a recently um, accredited lawyer, right? Yep. He really, yeah. and so he's, he's gotten out of the bar or whatever. Yeah, past the bar, he, he got out of a bar, yeah, got the, out of the, the bar, the passed the bar. bar. He yeah. did, a, you know, lots of bar stuff. Yeah. And so um, they're walking down the street in this alleyway or whatever, and they're both pretty tipsy, and they see a sign for a psychic. Well, Boone's third eye. Yeah, let's check Boone's this out. Boone's Farms third eye. Why not? Let's go in and see what yeah. Boone has to say. Yeah. And so, so they, the, I like that they go wandering in and she wants to touch stuff. He's like, don't do it. He's like, I'm a lawyer. You don't want to touch stuff. Right. Whatever. It's like, <laughs> fair enough. I respect that. We're not vaccinated. No. Um, he, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> and it's like, uh, but then when they get in there, um, they finally find Boone. He's like, oh, I'm nearsighted. Sit down, sit down. And he, I like how he's like, I smell spirits. And they're like, yeah. We've been drinking. Like, that's fair. I I thought that was a funny joke. Well, you know, even just a second before that, too, when uh, Boone looks at Jack. Yeah, he has this. He like, has this weird look on his face. Yep. Like, he, he, he knows something about him. He didn't expect him to come in. Whatever it is. He's off put by Jack sit, uh, standing there. Yeah. And he shakes it. And he says, oh, you know, sit down. Let me see your palm, Fawn. You know, he doesn't know her name. Yeah, but so he does He does a cold reading on Fawn. Yeah. But he also writes something down on a note that he actually passes under the table. To, While he's to, talking. Yeah. Uh, to Jack, which is that's how this thing whole starts off. Right. So it's like so the, during the meantime, though, Fawn, I'll put my notes here, is 80 percent eyes. You can't tell me she's not 80 percent eyeballs. Like most of her body is physically eyes. Yeah. Yeah. She's like an anime character. <laughs> but with more eyes. Um <laughs> So, so we find out like, as he's like cold reading her, he's like, it's, you get the feeling. So, um, not that, not that you've seen this film, Terry, but I recently talked about another podcast, but like, uh, on the Manitou, um, we have a character who is a fake psychic who is like kind of, he'll be, he'll get paid and talk about like, you know, what's going on. But when he realizes something is uh, like wrong, he'll call it out. Um, if people want to hear about the discussion about the man who go to uh, at the devil's ball, that was, I had no idea I was wedging this in here, but that's what's happening right now. I was on there recently talk about that film. Cross really, advertising. Yeah. yeah. Tony Curtis plays a fake psychic there. It's a lot of fun, but anyway, so we get the notion that like Boone, it's like, um, Oh, it's almost like Whoopi Goldberg and ghost right? Yeah, where it's like, that's, that's probably the better association. Well, I, yeah, I, I've yeah. actually met with a psychic as well. Uh, my wife and I have uh, done a reading and, uh, it's, uh, it was completely off <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> well, like are you, you were saying, are you, cold saying reading. are you saying the cold reading wasn't good because you're a smart person and can kind of be like, Oh, I see somebody with a letter Q. It's like, no, I don't know about that. Anyway. Yeah. You know. I don't know any Quincy's. Um, <laughs> oh, you're having frustrations at work. Yeah, no shit. Thank you. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but uh, as as the reading continues, your, your lucky numbers are potato. Like, god damn it! Like, why would you even? <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Boone, you're f***ing up. <laughs> I know, I broke my rule. Um, Continue. But yeah, so... I might allow it. We'll see what happens. Boone here. is... Boone is doing his thing, and he, but he's also writing this note, and he hands it over to Jack, and Jack is like, well, what's this? And then he reaches down under the table to grab the note, and he reads it in secret because he knows that this isn't supposed to be meant for Fawn. And it says, I saw something follow you in here. Yeah. And that's that's creepy. That I like upsetting. that. That's I, upsetting. You're right. I, I that's, like that's that a good lot. hook. It's a good hook. Um, I almost wish that James Remar was part of this because this story feels much more in line with his Tales from the Dark Side story. Hell yeah, yeah. dude. I I, oh, that, yeah, I I was feeling those vibes the entire time. Yeah. And we'll get into more of that uh, later because of my notes here. Uh, but yeah, like so then, of course, Jack is like really freaked out. He's looking around. He looks to the curtains and that. And he hears like something animalistic. Yeah. I don't know if that's only for the viewer, but... It's, I think it's for him. And the, I, I think it's for him. I think it's also for Boone. I think it's also for the viewer. So I think that we're being let in that Boone has acknowledged that something followed you, you in here. It's bad news. And so, but Boone's also professional. He's like, I'm going to continue this cold reading, but be like, Hey, there's something really wrong here. And, and you know, while, uh, Fawn is like asking about her wrinkly hand and it's like, <laughs> so like, she's still listening to Boone give her his like his spiel in that so it's like there's not a beat skipped here and yeah. then like you see that uh obviously Jack is stressed out and it's like okay well I think I've had too much to drink let's roll and they head out and they go back to her place and they're just watching movies well I think it's their place I think they're living together but they're, they're all I should also mention the point well there's that, a dog there that doesn't like him yeah can, well I don't know if he recently moved in but every time the dog's around yeah no there's a whole joke here where it's like oh the dog anytime I show affection they freak out which I gotta I gotta just point out right here real quick that um uh, the, my wife and I uh when we first started dating um she had a had a dog who um a love, lovely animal. I, I love her to death, and she's you know no longer around. But anytime I would um, show affection to my wife uh, at the time, girlfriend, uh, the dog would like whine and kind of like be upset about it. So that's a thing. Like 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 the dog was named Misha, and she would just be like, no. No, <laughs> every time, and it got to the point to where I'd, I'd go up and I'd be looking at the dog like directly in the face, and be like, I'm gonna hug Mary. I'm gonna hug my wife. And I go hug her, and the dog would like, be like challenging yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like you could call it out like clockwork. So when this happened, I'm like, I can relate to that a great deal. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So like that. That's actually a nice. It's a nice character beat, right? So then we get we get that, and then um. So then uh, at that point, they're watching the movie, and and um, Fawn's asleep. Um, and then we get this whole disturbance where we think the the familiar or sorry, the thing is uh, like watching, which it isn't that dissimilar from the creature that we see in that third segment of Tales from the Dark Side of the movie. It's not that far off. Yeah, the sculpting is actually pretty similar in yeah, the, yeah. the fact that it's demonistic. Uh, there's like some hard it, lines it, in that. It, it doesn't have wings, but that's a about the biggest difference right it's more maybe the eye color is different whatever but it's 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 upsetting it's not my favorite sculpt but yeah it It, it, it works it works and it shows that something's coming right so so then so after that he's like i need to go to bed and whatever so then he goes too much (laughs) yeah he goes to work the next day talking to the client 
and whatever. And then all of a sudden a fax comes through and he's like, who faxes anymore? I'm like, that's correct. It's 2021. Who, who uses the fax machine? The familiar does. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, he, he yeah. you know, it's just medical records. Yeah. It's just, um, yeah, no, no. yeah. So then he goes and grabs the pa- the paper out of the fax machine and like, Hey, he looks like the, the tray and there's no other paper. And it. it's like, well, that's weird. It's like, I don't know. There could have just been one piece of paper left in that tray. There like, was no paper in the, in the printer today, and I didn't feel anything ominous no, about right, that. So like, oh, like, gosh. Because I'm a, like, some son there, of a bitch didn't fill this up yeah, again. There, there's, there's a familiar following me, but mm-hmm. whatever. Anyway. Uh, so he looks over, and suddenly his, fur, his uh, office furniture is all stacked up like out of poltergeist. Yeah, I was. I didn't like that. <laughs> I didn't like that. I, I thought it was... So I thought that was okay, However, if you there's a weird hard line between it what it was doing before and now what it's doing. I agree with that. What I'm saying is like we don't need to see the thing yet. Right. But they showed it the scene before and now it just wants to be an interior decorator. And that's a problem. Yeah, like play Jenga with your stuff and try to get your lamp off at the top of this. Yeah. I, I don't it was like, like what, what if what like what if like the fax machine was like, "Oh, well that's a scary face." And he looks over and then all the chairs are stacked. I mean, I don't know why the familiar would be faxing his face to him, but that's better than a blank page, and then we're going all poltergeist. It's just a demon ass. Like. <laughs> it's just a demon ass, yes. <laughs> it's like, I don't know why there's three cheeks. This is weird, anyway. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, the way that was... <laughs> it would have been way better if it was a Xerox machine, and it just, you'd hear... You see the light firing off, yeah. and, like, the, 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 the flap is closed. You're like, why is it doing... Why is it making a copy? It was just, <laughs> it was just a three cheek demon ass. That would have been that would have been the that would have redeemed the first segment. Um, like I don't know. Like anyway, yeah. It, it, the pacing of that, like how they would have done one, like the introduction of what the demon looks like, and then the stacking of the furniture. I'm like, that's a little lopsided. They should have done it In the reverse. other way around. Whatever. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but then, small critique. I guess. Yeah. So then. Um, Oh, uh, what was it? We get the bathroom segment right where he's in, he's in the the the. the but he's the not dropping bathroom. a deuce. He's just lo- uh, He's just like like That's hiding fair. out. Yeah, and then we get the bathroom. We get the creeper. We get the the familiar creeping out on him in there. Whatever. That's upsetting. Like sure. But here's uh, I like I liked there was the shadow fingers like that. That's all like that. That just shows that there's some planning going into the segment, and there's some planning going into the shots where you show that like the approaching horror. That that like that feels old school to me. I'm okay with that. I don't like. I'm not saying that everything works for me, and I'm not saying even this segment works. That sorry, the scene works for me. But at least I appreciate that they put the thought in to show the the creeping terror. And somebody definitely watched The Conjuring because there are some of the, the. I mean, some of the reveals here are the exact same things that are happening in. The Conjuring. Like, in the bathroom, we see the demon right behind him, like, creeping up behind him. I'm like, that's pulled right from The Conjuring. Like, stop. Just don't don't do the notes verbatim. Well, at least he didn't talk to his girlfriend and be like, I think this is, like, this acts like a thing out of The Conjuring. And he turns the camera and winks. But, like, some of the things, again, like, if if we're trying to pull from 
other things that you've seen in the past, yeah. like Amityville Horror or something like that. Yeah. There was a shadowy figure while they were in the the bedroom, or not bedroom, but the um the living room, and the lights were off. You could see it beyond his shoulder, and it's out of focus. And yeah. Like, I love that. Like, yes. Give me more of that creepy if stuff. If this thing was never, ever shown in sharp focus, I would have been completely okay with that. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I just need shadowy figures. The, the idea. Can you build what the idea is? Like, I didn't need to see this figure at all. No, never. So, and, and again, it was yeah. like, it was a cool sculpt for the most part, but it's like, but I digress. Yeah. So, so that's when he goes to dinner and he talks to, to Fawn over like, you know, dinner, like, Hey, I got this note. Um, and then she's like, Oh, that's cool. And it's like, yeah, I don't know about being cool or not, you know, because, um, there's something following me that's upsetting. And she's like, cool. I made you a lamb. Yeah. I'm just going to bring it up. It's like, here it's a sculpted like, lamb about six inches tall. What is, like that's that's when you bring the reference in the creep show and be like, I made you this shitty ashtray. Here you go. <laughs> but why do I need this ashtray? I don't know. I made it for you. I don't love. The, so the lamb thing, I didn't catch much of a reference until later. So, yeah, no, no, no. And that's I think what, that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, that I agree with that. Second time through, it, 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 it made more sense to me. Yes. Especially in a second time viewing. So... We we get he get the little lamb and that and then she pulls a little joke on him whatever they walk away from dinner and so he so the next scenario is that he wants to go back and talk to well Boone. she mentioned like let's just go and he's like I don't know about that and then she gives him the lamb he's like okay maybe and then like because I, I think he's trying to still be like ah, I like this can't be real. But she's excited for something. And then and there was even a phone call later where it's like, I'm working late tonight. Uh, have fun with your your new friend or whatever. Like she she thinks this is a um, a positive because there's evidence of life out there, like life after. Right. So but that's when he um, but that's when he goes back to Boone, because as much as she said it, and he's like, I don't know about this. He realizes like this. is I need to go there. Because he's the one that identified this, I need to get some answers. Right? Well, it, so. especially in that sequence where it's like, if he already said something about it and everything is happening after the fact, he's the common denominator. Yeah, but uh, but like so, whenever uh, Jack goes back to to Boone's, uh, you know, uh, his his pad, workplace, whatever pad, it is. his his office, right? The, <laughs> I I don't know about you, but it just really pisses me off that any time that someone goes and's like, oh, there's all this information. The very first book I'm going to grab is the one that I need that gives me all the answers. And it says familiar. Familiar on it. On it. It's like, oh, and the ashtray was right next to it. Okay, there That's we go. where Thank the ashtray you. was. Okay. Right. Um, so good call. I, I so it's like, where's that. Waldo of the I, ashtray? I now. was burned out of references at that point. My uh, my reference <laughs> mine was broken. Yeah, it's like out. Anyway, so, um, so yeah, he's like, oh, there's a familiar. What's going on with all this? So then Boone, you know, well, he even reads out loud. It's like the familiar will. Um, like basically it's, it's, it's evil. It's messed up. It will destroy all your relationships just to be close to you. Like it's going to consume you because that's what it does. Right. So, and, and yeah. I, at this point now I have to bring into the, uh, the dictionary version of the familiars and as a, a demon is a, a demon supposedly attending and obeying a witch often said to assume the form of an animal. So that's, I had to look it up because I'm like, all right, I've heard familiar before. It usually will be like a cat or some, <laughs> a, a bat. A black cat. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a, a black cat. A crow in yeah. like, um, 
Oh, geez. Uh, uh, Disney. Oh, my God. Why can't I remember right now? Either way. But yeah, it's it's usually uh, like embodied like, by like Dumbo. Are you talking about the crows and Dumbo? No, no. Okay. The, um, oh, my God. Maleficence. Oh, uh, Snow White. Yeah. Is it Snow White or Sleeping Beauty? Sleeping Sleep, Beauty, Sleeping Beauty. Beauty. I get, wow, I get them confused. We're it's, talking about horror it's, right it's, now. No, no, it's all, it's all the, it's all those white women in trouble. I don't know which one's which. So right yeah, now. Maleficent has a crow, and it's somebody that she's put a spell on, and that's the crow. But either way, but yeah, so it's like I, you know, like, it is very convenient. But it's like that's actually when I connected everything else and made this story a little bit more powerful to me, and we'll get more okay. into that. So fair enough. Bam. A second time through it, 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 it linked better together for me. I'll say that too. So, um, yeah. So, so he, we get the conversation between Boone and Jack and Jack says, Hey man, I don't know what's going on here. I keep on seeing this thing. What do I have to do? You know more about this than I do. And he says, you know what you need to do? You need to take, uh, this, uh, this medallion or whatever it is. Uh, that was made with pure joy. It's like, it's, um, oh, what do you call it? Um, oh, it was not innocence bait. It was something like it was like some kind of emotional bait where like Boone has a necklace that was made bait of innocence. Yeah. It was like, it was a necklace that was made by Boone's sister out of pure joy. And it was like made in love. Like it needs, this is your bait, right? And you take it, you bring it to it, to your apartment, you put a sacred circle down. And that's also one of the bits I like too, where he's like, like, Jack's like, what's, what's sacred the sacred circle? circle? He's like, Google it. I think that was funny. And then he's like, also, you need a blessed crate. And then he's like, oh, I'm for sure. For a nominal fee. For I have one in the showroom. <laughs> <laughs> nominal fee. It's like, that oh, was funny. Right, yeah, and you take but, all forms of credit card. Yeah, no, but, I, but I like the Jack's like, I'm not buying a crate. And then the very next cut is like the service elevator of him just with his elbow on this crate, just being like defeated. Like he bought the crate. That's a funny cut. Yeah. Like that's legitimately humorous bit. So, so far this segment that's more serious has more earned humor than the previous one. So I do like him bringing this, like this, this huge crate, which by the way, I don't know about you, but, um, I've, I've, um, I know your job's more physical than, than my job. Um, uh, I, I've been lifting some pallets recently, moving stuff around. E- pallets by themselves, without anything on them, are heavy. That that box looks really heavy. Yeah, and it gets me to questioning. Like, I mean, like, there's been a lot of training in Jack's regiment here. To <laughs> Clearly, because <lift. laughs> not only was that box heavy, when it gets full, it looks really heavy. Yeah. So, um, so we'll get to that point here, because uh, I th- I thought the exact same thing. So. So we get Jack and he comes back to the apartment and he sets up, he does a sacred circle. He puts that right in the middle and he waits around, he waits around. We get a lapse time, whatever. And as he's not looking, all of a sudden we hear the crate fall down. It's like, okay, it caught something, right? And then we hear like uh, muffled. uh, The dog barking. Yeah. Yeah. Dog like crying or whatever. So when he lifts it, up to let the dog out then we hear like this growl or whatever but it sounds it's, just like the, the demon it's the familiar he actually caught it yeah right and so it gets out right so he actually refers to it as innocence bait that's what i have in my notes here so the 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 necklace is innocence bait the familiar gets out right so then um so then he's like upset about that right but then so he realizes that he needs to try again because he messed up he let it out but he keeps on going through his mind he keeps on going through these conversations and he keeps on thinking about the lamb. 
and getting the lamb. How this does is a it, gift that was given to him by Fawn. Yeah. How is the lamb connected? Maybe I should put the lamb in a circle. So he does. He puts yeah, the beca- lamb in a circle. Because it's made from a place of joy and love. So he thinks that's good innocence bait. And that's why um, he... Uh, he he goes and talks to Fawn while she's in her studio, trying to talk to her about it. But then she's like, "Oh, I gotta go," and he's like, "Okay, great. I'm gonna be here tonight with my cocaine circle, and I'm gonna put it." Oh, I, I'm sorry, yeah. I forget that part. <laughs> yeah, well, the whole thing is like she, like she's like, "Oh, you finally visit me," because he's like, "Oh, I'm trying to." F-. He ends up trying saying, to see like, where the magic like, is. He's like, from. "Like where the magic happens." I'm trying to feel your vibes. So we get the idea that um, she's kind of new agey and open to things and whatever, and he's not. And she's like, oh, you're finally coming in and visit me and whatever. And so, like, I think that colors just a little bit because, like, she's more open to um, the other. And he's not, right? But he uses the lamb, uses his bait. Uh, I like that he's sitting in the chair staring at it and the dog's, like, visible. It's like, that dog, like, that, no, you you don't go there, right? Mm-hmm. So then when the, when the crate drops again, uh, he wakes up. And it sounds like like Fawn's in the box. Which he also has his phone set up, but reviewing the... Was that the first sequence or is that the second sequence? Second one. Second Yeah, so because he reviews. Because he falls asleep and then when the, the, the crate falls, he hears her and he's like, okay, I know it's you, I know it's you familiar. This is wrong. Uh, I'm going to call her cell phone. And she doesn't answer, but, but Fawn keeps calling out. So he's like, she's not answering her phone. She's right here. Like... But I know this has to be the familiar. But even uh, upon trying to review the 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 video, because oh, yeah, he, he, had a yeah, video he was recording, too, yeah. he was co- yeah. recording video the, of this. The drop of the box is not clear, yeah. right? Like it, there's some kind of static, whatever it is. So he doesn't know for sure, whatever it is. So he calls up Boone. He says, "Boone, I got this thing in here. Like I I got it. And what do I have to do? And from what we hear from Boone at this point, it's that. You need to get that on your car or truck. Well, because he told before, he's like, take this to the like the the deepest lake that you can find and drop it in the middle, so far down that it can't even smell you anymore. Is what he said previous, right? He's like, right. well, you know what you got to do. So he's like, okay, I'm going to put this thing in my truck, my overly large truck in New York. So good luck parking there. I also, you know, put that in my. Uh, I don't understand life, but somehow he gets this crate who has supposedly the weight of a woman. Like a full-grown adult in it, right? So the crate's already heavy. Imagine about the like what you like. So Paul was just speaking to her. Uh, what a pallet would weigh. Imagine that about four times heavier, and then put if a person that, inside yeah, a, that. Yeah, and I, I mean, I know she's not the biggest. But like I don't know what you're talking about, like like uh, like a buck twenty, a buck buck twenty-five. Yeah, but like I mean, that, but yeah. the way he starts lifting, I was like, oh, dude man. is jacked. Yeah, right. I mean, like I mean, he could just punch the familiar. And he's be got done that with muscle it, right? density. Yeah, right. Like you know. Anyway, so he goes and takes us to like like a lake, and like and can I like so my other thing too is like you could have actively chosen to. Like because there there is there's a direct call out here to the crate segment from the first creep show film. Right. You could have taken this to a quarry and dumped it, and that would have been a one for one call out, and that's fine. If you've never seen the original, it would have worked okay. Right. With or dumped it off a bridge where you know it's falling into the deepest part. No, you took this to like a sandbar on a lake or whatever, and you just threw it in the water and like, you're just hoping for the best. This is a large crate and you took it like 15 feet out. 
I don't know. It might have a foot of water above it. So you're going to kill whatever's inside it. But I'm going to guess someone's going to find this crate within hours. Yeah, like uh, like tipped over, like just <laughs> like a three <laughs> foot of water. I like I just I I know sometimes they get hung up on like the reality of a thing, but it's like you you've already shown us how like again you've already shown us the cheat of the the comic panels. You could have shown him tipping this thing off of a bridge in comic fashion and being done with it because there's, there's that wonderful shot of him driving away where we get that creep show image with the, the, um, the red exaggerated background. Like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It always goes to like a comic panel of the actor where it's a black background, but with the exaggerated color, which we saw last episode, we're seeing this episode. That's the creep show like trademark, right? It's you, usually a surprise, though. That that's well, that's fair, right? But it's like I feel like, like if you're, I don't know, I don't really believe that he just, I, I, he, I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know how to describe it. Like, I don't buy that he had the 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 upper body strength and the wherewithal to get this thing out to a significant part of whatever like body of water he was putting it in that sank so far down that his problems are going away. That's what I'll say. So it, it bothered me because like you, you could have changed this and made it, you could have made it at least somewhat believable and you didn't do that. That's all. That's all in the scripting of this. I don't like, I don't know. So Jack feels like he's got free here. He, he, he solved the issue, whatever. And he gets back to his place. And yeah. as soon as he walks into his place, he notices somebody's there. There's this light by, uh, like a, t- like a stand, like where maybe work is done, yeah. whatever. And he sees the embodiment of of Fawn, and then this figure behind her that is the the familiar, this demon creature with his hand with its hands on her shoulders. And Fawn's not looking in good shape. She looks like she was just pulled out of the water. Yeah. So we find out that the familiar actually did its job of cutting away his most important relationships to get closer to him. And then that's somehow she becomes undead and she has like these like, like, I don't know, blank, but silver eyes. And she goes up to him and she's like, I believe you now. And then that's when she goes embraces. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the familiar wins, but the familiar cut out his closest relationships and made him sacrifice his closest relationships just to get to him. So that's that's the end of the segment. There it is. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like those eyes on her either. I th- I think they should have just kept them as a cold dead eyes like she had anyway. <laughs> no, I I don't disagree with that. But I I thought it was okay. Um, I don't know how I feel about the I believe you now, where I feel like she was always open to everything going on the entire time. Um, and then the idea, like you got you got the the classic twist of you thought you solved it, but what you actually did was damn yourself. Mm. Like I fine. That feels very aligned with creep show. I'm yeah. okay with that. Um, this was a perfectly okay segment. Um, I, and I, as much as, as much as I am upset about the first one, this one felt more creep show to me, uh, than the last one. Cause there's one thing to have like a bunch of humor and have some fun. I'm all about that. Like, I think, I think comedy can exist within horror. And you can have some fun with it. Like I will go back to the lonesome death of Jordy Vero, where it's funny until it's not like that's a really fun segment until it's upsetting. 
And I think the first segment failed with that. And this one, there's like little small snippets of humor, but it's very black humor. And this is, this thing was following you. It was recognized and you thought you'd won, but you didn't. And I, this, this feels more like a creep show story than the first segment. I agree with that completely. And it's, it's like, yeah. You know, here we are. I mean, you know, I, I we didn't like the first one. I thought this one was okay, but yeah. uh, I don't know. There's not much more to say about it. I, I felt flat on this story. Fair enough. So uh, let's just rate that twist and, and get out of here. Uh, that the familiar would um, get him one. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with that. <laughs> one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was an okay journey, but... Yeah, I, I mean, enjoyed it more on a second viewing, and especially yeah. after you, like, really research what a familiar is. And I I mean, I don't think that the, you necessarily have to challenge your audiences that much. But, you know, it was fun. I, I think there was more challenge to this story as far as the audience and their ability to be... It, it gave you more time as an audience to, like, put the pieces together as opposed to the first one where it's like, eh? And feel, eh? And, eh? And feel bonded to the characters. Yeah. There's like, no I'm not bond. saying I'm not saying Jack's a bad person. No. And I'm not saying Fawn's a bad person either. It's like, this, this whatever this is... It um oh what's the what's the other way I can think about it like I mean even like The Exorcist like uh, you know uh, Reagan she didn't deserve like you know Pazuzu like attaching to her it's like oh shit this is bad news like you know sometimes whatever this is out there in terms of like horror storytelling sometimes bad bad shit just happens to okay people and good people and they have to deal with it right so. I'm okay. This is the perfect. This felt more like a campfire story to me, like the thing that you tell versus the first one, where it's like, "Hey, there's a neck beard with this hot girl," and then he ends up making out with a skeleton later. Like, I don't know. It was just dumb. Yeah, you can't form a series off of it. So yeah, so here here we are. Here we are. So yeah, um, that's going to do it for our discussion about uh, Creep Show season three, episode two, Skeletons in Closet, familiar. Uh, you guys can uh, find us on uh, Facebook at uh, Strange Highways. Um, I'm I'm trying to find images from the episodes. It's a little harder because you know watching this and Shutter, you know, I can't screenshot it because for whatever reason they don't let me just take things when I want it because they're protecting it because they can. I don't know. That's sad. How dare they? How dare how dare they protect their properties, <laughs> right? So uh, you can also email us directly at uh, strangehighwayspodcast uh, at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts and feelings so far about Creep Show. We have four more to go um, before we get into November. Uh, we're going to ride this out. I just, I just did not know that yeah. we were in for this one, which I don't know. I just kind of had a little bit more faith and whatever. But anyway. Let us know wherever you find your podcast rate and review us. If, uh, if you like this episode, let us know. If not, let us know as well. Uh, if there's other things you want us to cover in, in the future, we will certainly be open to that. That'd be wonderful. Uh, and Terry, how can people find us otherwise? If you're on Instagram, we're, we are on there as well. Uh, it's been a minute since I've been able to update some stuff. And that I'm catching up. Uh, you know, life's a bitch. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, like Paula says, let us know what you're feeling about this. Like, I mean, if you don't like Creepshow, let us know. If you love everything that we've done in the past, let us know. Um, we like to have fans engage with us in that. And uh, give us a recommendation, man, because uh, after this series is over in four episodes, we have a little bit of time before we're going to tackle the rest of the the revision or 
you know, whatever Twilight Zone is considered at that point for the 80s. Uh, we're excited about that, but we, we want to hear your, your views on what we should cover next. Yeah, and we're not like, I know we got three more years of the Twilight Zone to get to. But we're not against uh, other detours. Yeah, we're not wholeheartened to a, a, a sure, you know, a, you know, a certain script or anything like that. Yeah. So, like, give us some recommendations. That'd be wonderful. So, all right, um, let's just get into uh, what we're doing next. And now, Mister Serling. So, next episode is called "The Last Tsubara." Um, I can't say that word out loud. It looks like Subara. Subara. The last subway. I don't know what that means. It's uh, T S U B U R A Y A to subra. To subra. Yeah, sure. And then maybe another, the T is silent. That might be subra. All right. Anyway, and then okay, I'll bite. So one of those is going to involve a large spider. Um, I'm going to guess the second one. I don't know based upon titles. So that's what we're doing next week. Hope you guys have a good week. Have a safe week. Um, enjoy October and all the spookiness. Uh, watch watch horror films. Watch anthology. And um, I don't know. Um, like don't don't be a neckbeard. And also, um, I don't know. Um, like find you know what find find what innocence bait works for you. That's what I'll say about that. What Paul said. Yeah, I I think I just had a little bit too much to drink. Maybe we should go home, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah, let's let's go. <clears throat> I accept most major credit cards. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs>